Welcome to Beer Plus Three. I am here with the man who puts Rick back in Richard, Rick Anderson. And today, a uh, very special guest, a man we've been wanting to interview for centuries. Uh, he, is re- he was with us in Portland, and he is responsible. I believe he invented every sexual position, except missionary. That is Jeff Miller. <laughs> Say hello, Jeff. Hi, everybody. All right. Um, so Jeff it is. Hold on, hold on. No, My no, introduction no, no, no. ain't done yet. No, I thought you were done. Um, <laughs> uh, it is. I'm Jeff, by the way, and it is July 18th, and we are Beer Plus Three. We are. Go ahead. Oh, uh, is your introduction well, done? Oh, you, you don't want to interrupt me now. I see <laughs> no, no. Right. Um, I was just going to point out that it's uh, kind of cool that with this episode, you're the only person who's been on every episode now. I am. I, I don't am know if you realize that or not. No. So uh, Mike, Mike has made an effort, though. He recorded a 12-minute thing that he wants us to tack on to the end of this episode. So yeah, after I was actually going to mention it's kind of strange being without Mike here because I don't know if I've ever hung out with either of you without Mike around. So. Oh, that's true. I don't think that's happened. Oh. Why haven't we? Other than like someone going to the we don't, bathroom. We don't, we don't fucking need him. <laughs> no, I don't need Holy shit, we don't need Mike. Don't need Mike. Screw him. <laughs> fucking A. This podcast just got better. <laughs> remember Sorry, I told Mike. you? Remember I told you my reaction to hearing it without me? Right now he's got he's gonna have a little <laughs> tear running down his cheek. <laughs> Tell me, please. Be like that that native guy on the side of the road. So we got a little late. <laughs> we got a little late start, but we're all we're all we've already poured some Fremont Brewing Company Imperial Porter, mm-hmm. and this is out of a special bottle that they bottled for Bellingham Beer Week, which I know nothing about. How is it we're a beer podcast in Bellingham? We don't know anything about the beer, the Bellingham Beer Week. Well, I know about Bellingham Beer Week. In fact, they just recently had... Uh, well, come on, we just started, man. They just, uh, they just uh, recently had the uh, Bellingham or the Bell- uh, Cheers to Cans or Cans to Cans or... I don't know. It was a big... Can-can. Yeah, it was a big festival that they had um, recently here in Bellingham. And it was essentially most of a lot of the breweries local did at least one bottle and a can... Or one bottle, one beer and a can. Okay. And they were selling them out of uh, Elizabeth Station, and it basically took up that little block of Elizabeth Station. Oh, they blocked off an area, and they had testing, you know, tasting, testing. They had. Uh, we've been testing too much on these mics. <laughs> that's going to be my safety word now. <laughs> anyway, no, we'll probably end up at uh, some sort of brew, ha ha, some sooner or later. That'd be really cool to get a to see if we can record a podcast during. During something, I don't like really that. see why not. As long as we found a place to set up, yeah, there's plenty of festivals that go on throughout the year that you can mm-hmm. definitely join. Especially up this time of year, I think they're about to have another one here in Bellingham. But there may What's... be one coming up in Everett real soon too. Um, yeah, yeah, but that's yeah. Everett. I know it's Everett. I, I forget. You guys don't want to tell the Everett. <laughs> I don't mind Everett. It's just, I've seen more uh, uh, drug abuse and uh, um, uh, beating of females than anywhere <laughs> on the fucking planet. I, and I lived in Texas for a few months too, and I've never lived in Everett. So the drug abuse I've seen down there, but I haven't seen any females getting beaten. So that's that's yeah. kind of new to me. But you know, one one goes with the other. So yeah. 
No, it doesn't always. I did lots of drugs. I never beat a girl. It does. Every time I beat a woman, I think, I need some drugs. Right afterwards. Right after. I'm like, why aren't I in Everett? <laughs> what am I doing in Ferndale? <laughs> I think that's going to become a part of our podcast. I have to get a little dig in on Ferndale every time. And Ferndale. You know, i got to get them both. I'm going to go right into our subjects today. Uh, we kind okay. of threw this together in the last couple of days. Uh, one of my, uh, um, uh, here's an idea that we were thinking about talking about because Mike is not here. He went on vacation, the fool. Um, uh, we were, our subject today was going to be, uh, uh, one of them was going to be just vacations and memories because I know, uh, Jeff, you just got back from uh, a family, family vacay. Oh, yeah. We did. We went to uh, Florence, Oregon by way of uh, Portland and Newport. We didn't get to uh, play around in Portland at all, but that's okay. We play around down here quite a bit. So yeah, you guys aren't that far away. Well, no, you're it's, far away. No, like 180. Yeah, yeah you're still far, just thing. as far as us. So never mind. What'd you guys do there? Uh, we went to see my father-in-law. He lives in Portland or out in Hillsboro. Same thing. Yeah, that's right. I remember you mentioned yeah. that when we went down there. Yeah. Yeah, we spent uh, the weekend with him. Kicked off our vacation, uh, hanging out with him at his house, and then he went with us to. Stay in the house in Florence. We stayed a, an evening, a night in Newport. My wife loves Nye Beach. It's a beautiful beach. It's really yeah. a lot of fun down there. Yeah. Spent the whole day playing out on the sand with the kids and then spent the entire week getting bored as hell in Florence, Oregon. So it was, <laughs> but it was great. It, it's weird. You know, you don't realize how fast we live life you yeah. know, until you go on vacation and you're forced to stop your daily routine and you stop. Well, you still feel the necessity to go. You know? Well, especially Oregon, you you yeah. do suddenly realize how fast you live when you get there, yeah. and they're going like half speed on everything. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. No, but, I'm sorry, I, I, I can do that very easily. <laughs> as soon as I'm off work, about halfway home, because yeah. I have that 45 minute drive, yeah. work yeah. is gone, yeah. and it's yeah. time to just relax. Yeah. Worry about it, or think about it. So, My favorite thing to do is sit around and do nothing. How, how, how do your kids do on the road? I mean, you have fairly um, young kids for for travel like that. Does it? They do okay with it? Yeah, I have two kids. So 11 or sorry, uh, 12 and 6. <laughs> we don't want to mention the 11 year old. That one, he's kept in the closet and uh, he's chained up. He's a problem. We don't want to talk about him. Well, that's another subject. Actually, I always tell the kids, tell them often that we had to go through several kids to get to the really good ones. So, that, we say that a lot. And we go, My son was actually pretty quick about it. He, said, he goes, Well, Dad, how come you don't have any pictures of the other kids on the wall? And I said, Why would I keep pictures of kids I hate? I would only keep pictures of the kids that I want, that I actually love. And he's like, huh. Mom? He's like, he's like Dad, where are my pictures? How come I don't have any pictures up on the wall, Dad? Uh, my kids travel really well. They're like any modern kid. They have their own devices. Yeah. You know, Ava has an iPad and Lane, of course, Modern kid? Like, we're modern kid. Yeah. Well, I mean, we do on, on car trips. Mostly we just grunted. We grunted. We beat the shit out of our siblings, looked out the window, and hoped to God that would, Dad didn't reach back and try and kill her ass. <laughs> of course, cars were so far or so big were, back then. Yeah. They had to actually, you know, the the other parent had to grab the wheel while they crawled over the seat to get. Oh yeah, you can escape in those cars. Yeah. Well, Where did he go? I think he went downstairs. <laughs> well, one of our huge vacations, we had the family truckster. I don't know if you know that reference at all from vacation. Yeah, it looked a lot like the car from vacation. Big yeah. green yeah. with the fake wood paneling yeah. on the side. Yeah. 
Yeah, we have that, and whenever my dad get pissed off, I'd climb over the back of <laughs> where the suitcases were. Nice. Because <laughs> nice. I was an only child, so if anything went wrong, it was generally me. See, I'm the oldest of five, so there was always some sort of wow going on in the back seat. So we had, we had, right, I'm picturing five kids in the back seat. Oh, it was not a damn seatbelt in the house. I mean, we didn't have seatbelts until... Um, Mom bought a caravan. Remember, you know. if you didn't have like a station wagon or something, yeah. you would one of the kids would be in the back dash. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And <laughs> that was one of my favorite spots to be. Yeah. Well, my my dad used to throw me and my friends in the back of his truck, yeah. like when we yeah. go out to the beach. And I mean, nowadays, and nobody would do, ever do that. But you know, we used to go like a twenty mile drive at you know whatever fifty five sixty miles an hour down the road. Whole bunch of kids yeah. in the back of the truck, you know. Oh, and yeah. We'd be standing up and doing all kinds of stupid uh, things that we shouldn't be doing. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna show him, and he does like a sharp turn and loses half of them. <laughs> yeah, those were my friends. It's funny because uh, um, I don't remember which time I was in Mexico. I saw that little kid <laughs> <laughs> in the back of the car, waving at me. It was awesome. Yeah, they don't really do that, and they still do that in Mexico. So. But your kids bring along like um, whatever, like uh, Game Boys, things yeah, like that, or yeah. yeah. They both have iPod. They all have. We're we're an Apple household. There's no two ways about it. You know. Good for you. Between all four, yeah. You know, between all four of us, we all have our own devices. Yeah. They just uh, they seem to keep themselves contained, and if the battery dies, I tell them just roll the window down, and look out the look out See, in nature. You, know? you don't have the built-in uh, TV. I don't. Um, no, no. You're you're uh, you don't have the. Well, Built-in TVs with the in the suburban we do, but yeah. in the car that we take, the 500 that we take everywhere, that we don't have anything like that. So oh, okay. the Lane Lane is quick to get bored because he's he's his mind is constantly going. Not that Avis isn't, but she's a little easier to appease than him. He, he's, he's just he's all over the place. He's all over. He's just six. So yeah. I mean, as a six-year-old, I was going to say he's six. He's six. Nikita's, I'm sure, the same. Nikita actually travels really well. She's been doing it since she was two months old. Oh, okay. I mean, she went to Mexico at two, two or three months old. Yeah. And she's been going somewhere every year. Like, she goes over to Idaho all, at least two or three times a year, so she's in the car for eight hours. And so she travels really well, even on the planes. One of my favorite, uh, one of the last trips that we took to Mexico... Um, my wife had already went down and, and her and I are on the plane and uh, the plane just takes off and you know when the plane sometimes they'll do this as they take uh, off yeah. she was like she turns to me and has this big bright look on her face and goes can we do that again? and the whole plane starts laughing <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome first time we took the kids on an airplane um, the landing was especially rough, mm-hmm. and Alex was already a little disturbed by the whole concept of flying. <laughs> and uh, she did okay, but she—you could just tell she wasn't having fun. She didn't enjoy the concept <laughs> that we were there. You know, I've been tried to. On the way back, I had her sit next to me, and I gave her the aisle, you know, the seat by the window. I said, "Just, I go look, I go look at it. it there's nothing scary about this." And she would look. She'd sit there for a little while, and she looked, and she goes. I think I want to trade seats. <laughs> okay, we'll trade seats. <laughs> She's something on the way. <laughs> but the landing in L.A. was really rough, and even I was getting yeah. like it was like just it felt like it's something was going wrong. <laughs> <laughs> well, we were going to Disneyland, so the kids were all excited, and it's like that was the that was their introduction to California was. This incredibly terrifying landing where you could tell everybody else on the plane was having the same feeling of, 
this doesn't feel like a normal landing. Something's going on here. It was just really bumpy and really rough, and it felt like somebody in the cockpit maybe didn't quite know what they were doing. It was really weird, and my wife and I both noticed it, so we were trying to just sort of sit there and go, yeah, this is just a normal airplane landing. No problem, kids. And it was Sometimes like really it sucks to be a lost fan. <laughs> <laughs> Because Ava's very much afraid of heights, and we, we did the same trip. We took um, uh, Virgin Air from here to uh, California once. And of course, yeah. the plane is completely decked out. It's so much fun because it keeps kids busy. Yeah. Well, it's not enough for Lane. You know, Lane was probably three at the time. Oh. Ava sat. She insisted on sitting next to the window. She goes, I, I want to sit next to the window. I'm like, well, you're afraid of heights. She goes, I just want to sit next to the window. I like to watch landings. Oh, well, that's fine. Yeah. So she opens the window and looks down. Closes the window. Jumps over her lap, and he insists on opening the window. Dad, look at them! Look how small everybody is! Yeah, that's great. He's like, I'm gonna puke. You know, he's just like, he's completely insistent on bugging the hell out of his sister, even as a three-year-old. So yeah, that's his job. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's the way it works. So. Yeah, there, um, you guys have done a lot of flying in your life, I assume, yeah. right? Oh, yeah, quite a bit. <laughs> First time I ever flew was when I was 35. Wow, really? The, I didn't know if I was going to be one of those people that freaks out. Yeah. <laughs> or if I was going to be, you know, okay with it. And um, my first flight was from Bellingham to Seattle. And it was part of a bigger trip that I was taking on my employer's dime. And uh, the, uh, weirdly enough, I sat next to a pilot. Oh. That's actually awesome. Yeah, it was the weirdest thing. Yeah, and um, I, I, he mentioned, he asked me something. So funny, he was like, yeah, I don't like being in the cockpit when I've been drinking, so I'm going to sit back here and fly the plane from back here. No, he was a pilot, not the pilot. You don't know, but he really was the pilot. He went to the bathroom right before he left. He's in the cockpit, he just hits the autopilot button and runs. Yeah, he just goes to the back, orders some drinks. He's like, "Yeah, come back here for a beer. They won't give it to me up." Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it was really cool. He uh, he because um, he asked me. He goes, "Oh, you know, how many how many times have you flown?" And I looked. I go, "This is my first time." He's like, "You're kidding." I was like, "No, I. This is my parents never did any kind of traveling. I've never had the kind of money to to fly or travel." And he's going, "That's really amazing." He goes, "Yeah, I'm, I'm a pilot." He goes, "I've flown more times than I can even remember." <laughs> and I said, yeah. I said, okay, good. I said, I, I hope I'm not going to freak out or be one of those people that freaks out. And he, he goes, nah. He goes, you'll be fine. Like, okay. I hope you're, you're, you're the authority. I hope you understand, you know what you're talking about. He did. I, I loved it. From the moment it took off, I was like, wow, this is awesome. You know, I just loved it the whole time. Yeah. So. Yeah. I, I, first time I flew, was, I think it must have been, uh, I think it was 15? Yeah. 15? I was uh, 12, and I flew back to Minnesota with my grandmother. We stayed in South Dakota. And took, well, we took, I want to say it was an MD-80 from here to Minnesota, and then a little puddle jumper from there to Watertown, South Dakota. Yeah. And it was, uh, both flights were relatively easy, and they weren't bad at all, surprisingly. I handled it like a 12-year-old. It was just, well, okay, all right, this is what's going on. Okay, all right, you know. It was fine. I had coloring books and all kinds of crap to do. It was yeah. how you entertain yourself back then. Yeah, coloring books. You know, coloring books. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> you know, 
<laughs> I have to charge my coloring book. It's almost out of power. Yeah, it, it always sucked when you, uh, you finished your coloring book before you got where you were. I never yeah. finished. I always got bored with my coloring books. Yeah. I had my childhood was was littered with with coloring books that had like part of every page sort of colored in, and that was it. I was like, "Fuck this! I'm done. This is it's enough." I did blue. I did red. I did a little bit of yellow. It's good. I moved on. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> then I had my uh, my aunt who was like super anal retentive, and she would pick up my coloring books occasionally and color them <laughs> absolutely perfectly, beautiful. I mean, it almost looked like a machine had in it. And she would outline each of the areas that she would color with the color itself. Yeah. So it created this sort of cool. Uh, yeah, yeah. I always looked at that and said, I have no idea how you have the patience to sit there and do that because uh-huh. you know. It's like two and colors. That's enough. Yeah. <laughs> I was like the youngest art critic in the world. <laughs> this is a lot of effort for nothing. <laughs> so, hey, there's a secret topic that's not on our list that Mike wanted me to bring up. He wanted me to ask you how you felt about buying cars. <laughs> Actually, I love buying cars. Love he, he said you wouldn't have that reaction. He really? Yeah. yeah, he said you didn't. You don't like the uh, the process of buying cars. Um, <clears throat> I mean, like anybody does. But he said well, you were particularly not. No, I was giving him hell all oh, along about. Oh, maybe I got it the other way around. Well, maybe he, okay. Well, I know what he's going after. He's, he's trying to beat me. That's what it seemed like. Yeah, that's, that's <laughs> well, like, here's the here's the deal, Jeff. Mike didn't bother showing up for this one, yeah. so it's all your. You, we're going to get completely your version of whatever this is. You know, I'm not. I'm not going to. Yeah. Well, he's, uh, he started something actually. He he's been looking for a car. Yeah. He's maybe this is what he was trying to do, but he was looking for a car. At least he said he was looking for another car because. We all know he has a 9998 Saturn uh, SL, whatever, that's about ready to puke. Yeah. And his wife has a new Hyundai, I believe. And he, Hyundai. And he needs something to drive, something that's somewhat reliable. So he's been texting me, like, oh, what do you think of this car? What do you think of that car? And these are okay. Those are okay. That's a pile of shit. Uh, there's certain cars. That, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a gearhead, so I love cars. Yeah. So I love talking about cars, but it depends on what they are. You know, if it, I cannot stand Prius, and he knows that. Why, why, why not? I cannot stand Prius. The problem with the Prius is that the, what it takes to build that car and its lifetime the, the, the carbon footprint that that car actually leaves is bigger than you would believe. Because of uh, manufacturing? To society. Well, there's not one ounce of that car, even though it's recycled, not one ounce of that car can be recycled. Yeah. Oh, Jeff's giving us beer, and and the the Jeff Miller has been forced to drink the rest of his beer. So, yeah. Okay, so anyway, back to your... The problem is the, the waste that that car creates by... Its own, own footprint, and when you get rid of that car, it doesn't necessarily get shredded down into something that's recyclable. Okay. Most of most of that product ends up back in the landfill or whatever, as opposed to like let's say a '74 AMC Grambler or uh, Rambler or something like that. Yeah. That car, 90% of it gets taken care of, gets shredded and, and recycled, and goes back into pot cans or whatever the hell they go into. Okay. So. That car, like the 74 AMC, has actually paid its debt to society for the most part because when it disappears from the land, it's gone. Yeah. Or it's being recycled into something that hopefully we recycle again, as opposed to the Prius. That and 
The Prius headlights each are $1,500 a piece to replace. Oh my God. Often. They what? are just, they are, I want to say they're Xenon headlights. They're a particular type of headlights. They're real wow. high intensity. Okay, okay. When, when, whenever I'm in the market for a car, I'm going to this guy. So what do you, are you, are you aiming, directing Mike toward anything in particular? Uh, I try to aim his tastes. Yeah. His tastes don't necessarily reflect mine. Mm-hmm. But uh, his taste currently, he, he was looking at a Ford, Ford, Ford Fiesta. Which, yeah. in my opinion, is just a tad bit too small if you have kids that are growing and yeah. kids are still growing. That's one thing I've told them is it has relatively little comfort room for kids. Probably uh, they're 22 to 30. He'll correct me on that. But there's some 22? 22. They're not as good as you would think. But, of course, it's the one he's looking for is, is a Focus or Fiesta ST. Which, which is, is kind, kind of a sports, sports model. model. It's 210 or 205 horsepower yeah. and about 220 foot-pounds torque, somewhere around there. Best car I ever owned. Gearhead to work at his conversation. Two of my employees at work at his conversation. Best car I ever owned. And they were talking about these old fancy muscle cars or whatever these cars are. Like, uh, Geo Metro. Fifty yeah. miles a gallon. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, lasted fifteen years. Huh? <laughs> well, <what is> it? <laughs> to me, that, that, that's, that's a good. No, 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 that makes yeah. sense. When you're talking a car that's practical and and will last for a long period of time, Geo Metro, they were a three-cylinder car. They last forever. Parts were available. They were there. When they, when they broke, broke down, down, you could get, get them replaced cheaply, get parts replaced. Well, it rarely ever broke down. I think it had the transmission replaced about five or six years in, and that was it. And uh, I think it was a 97, 98, mm-hmm. and uh, I think it lasted until what, 2010. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, no, no. It lasted forever. I mean, it was an awesome car. Best car ever. Well, I'm, I'm more of a gas, gas uh, like, miles per hour. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's me. I'm like, it's fuel I'm going to with it. And no. you're keeping the money in your pocket, and mm-hmm. you're, you think of it, it sounds to me like you think of it as more as transportation, something to get you from A to B. Exactly. This is why Mike started this, because he knew where this was headed. Okay. <laughs> I feel a little differently. I will sacrifice miles per gallon for a little more adventure and a little more inspiration in life. Now, my feeling is, and I'm going to kill Mike for this, but my feeling is, is it, we can we go, go from point A to point B, B and point A to point B and do it as efficiently as possible. You can go from point A to point B as efficiently Ladies and gentlemen, that was 3D stereo. Yeah. You can take your trips as efficiently as possible all the time and just think of your routine as a routine and nothing ever changes in your life if you think about it. I've had months where... I get in my car and go to work and come home, and the day, day ends exactly the same way it starts. And I'm totally uninspired. Well, the day that I get into a car that actually just has like it gives me a visceral reaction to driving it, I just I live. I feel like I've lived a little differently, or maybe a little longer, or a little faster. So there's something about driving a car that can actually perform well. 
just kind of, I will take that versus something that gets like serious fuel economy. Unless, of course, we're paying $10 a gallon for gas. If we're paying $10 a gallon for gas, then fuck yeah, I'm driving a little Geo Metro So is that, is that where you and Mike don't see eye to eye? Is that where he's, or is that where he's getting at? He's trying to find a happy ground, a happy medium for himself because he wants like a midlife crisis, kind of like Mike Lucas. What he feels Mike Lucas has. Mike Lucas Oh, that's But you know, he doesn't. I mean, I mean, yeah, yeah he, he has, has kids, kids, but, but I mean, he, he, he makes damn good money, yeah. and his, yeah. his girlfriend works and makes damn good money there. You know, they don't, they don't have any kids in the household, yeah. so, you know, they, they, he can afford stuff like that. Yeah. And I, I, I'm never going to get a loan for a car ever again. <laughs> I am not going to do any of that shit. The thing is, I think the big difference between you and I is, is that you... I could get into a Lamborghini and feel the same way as I do getting into a Geo Metro. Yeah. I, I don't give a fuck what it looks right. like and what it sounds like and how fast it goes or how what it performs like. Right. I'm, uh, I, for me, adventure I find elsewhere. Yeah, that's, no, no, I mean, yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, most people have all heard my story, so I've always tried to live on the edge in a much different, probably much more dangerous way. Well, you guys need to combine this and, you know. Have a bottle with you in the car. Drive drunk. Hey, there you go. Uh, you could you could you could combine the two inspirations and really I've really push it. That, uh, back, back when I worked at uh, uh, graveyards and stuff. stuff. Yeah, I would, I would uh, often uh, like buy a six pack on the way to work and leave the car and get, get off at like four or five in the morning and have beer on my own. Oh, jeez. When was that? Uh, I got when was uh, I worked graveyard for like eight years, so it was probably about two, three, four years ago. Mm. Oh, Jeff, Jeff, what? Jeff. What, what is wrong, wrong with a grab of beer and, and drinking well, in the car? Well, it's, it's just like uh, the fact that it's illegal to begin it's, with. Yeah. Yeah. Not, yeah. not that I want to sound like a goody okay, t-shirt. Yeah, yeah, but the reasons. Because that's, that's the only reason I can think of not doing well, maybe what, what, what are the other um, you know, you know, you know, you know, what I'm doing is not getting drunk in my car. You're sliding up opening a beer about 20-30 minutes What about what about having one before you get in the car and finishing it off? It has been shown. My thing is is what's the difference between having a beer and getting in the car and home? So all all questions of legality aside. So you're saying all questions of legality aside is what you, I mean, exactly. you're just asking? What's the big deal about one beer? Legality aside, completely. I guess I'm not drunk. There's, there's no way I could get, get drunk, drunk on half a beer. beer. It's, it's it's funny because that is a hypocrisy because we all go out to a bar and have a drink. We have all gone out to a bar. We've gone out to a bar and have a drink. We've had a bottle of wine, a meal, whatever. And it is a problem that I deal with constantly. Well, not constantly, but. Yeah, like every night I'm coming home getting fucked up, you know. But, you know, like, you know I'm I get in my car. <laughs> There's Jeff driving after breakfast again. Oh, that's right. right. We're uh, uh, let's see day for beers. Let's, 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 yeah, let's 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 take a little side trip side trip into the beer. What did you guys think of the of the Fremont Brewing Imperial Porter? This porter that I'm drinking right now is better than that porter. I agree. 
Fremont Porter. 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 Porter. Fremont 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 I love their ideas. They they do really well in their beer making. Yeah. As far as porters, it's not their not their best. It's it's not bad, but it's not what I. No, it was like certainly a drinkable porter, and you might both slap me for this simultaneously. Sounds like a on the front or the back. Like black bean porter. Yeah. This is actually a little bit better. Oh no, I agree. Black bean porter. No, I'm not talking about their specialty black bean like twenty four. Five or six, mm-hmm. or anything like that. But no, this is in the regular black quarter. This is better. Um, I would, but even better than that is I would love to know the story behind the name of that one. Mm-hmm. Breakfast of Crows. But it, 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 it has very sweet overtones, but not. Uh, but, but the finish, finish is, is way is not, not sweet. And no, it's kind of nice. It has a lot of different flavors. There's a lot of different. Well, yeah. uh, Skookum has several, several different beers to choose from. They have, they actually have like four different IPAs, I think, and they're constantly experimenting. They're doing all kinds of stuff. They do something with their porter. They take the porter and they'll uh, age it in Chardonnay barrels, and that's pretty awesome. Ooh, that, that, that would be that's where you get some sweetness. I'm assuming the porter is very dark. It's uh, it certainly has kind of that smoky. A little, a little bit, bit of background, background smoky flavor to it, but that, that sweet nose and that finish with mm-hmm. the, the bitter is just works out really well. Anyway, anyway let's, let's go back, back to uh, yeah. I, I before we to jump back into it while uh, driving, uh, but not being plastered. Would you would you drink breakfast of crows? Would, while you're driving, I would take, uh, I would I would take, take this little bottle, bottle. Yes. and I'm drive about ten, 10 minutes down the road, open it up, pour it in my glass, and probably sip on it on the way home. And I don't, I don't, I personally, I don't see anything wrong with that. <laughs> but I would like anyone to uh, let me know if they find it outside of the wow. reality of it. Um, I, even though I disagree with that, I think you found the thing that might get us the negative publicity we're looking for. <laughs> You know, to, to promote the podcast. We want to get people tuning in going, do you hear about this guy on this podcast that doesn't have a problem with drinking and driving? <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes, but uh, the, the problem is, is drinking and driving. driving. See, Generally, that's, that's where people, and um, yes, the, the open container thing, thing I, I kind of understand. understand. I, do I do understand, understand a lot of this, this but it's, well, I don't believe what, what I was doing, there was anything wrong with it. Yeah. I, I don't think literally there was anything wrong with it. It was doing. not impairing me. Wow. Anybody, Anybody that gets drunk, drunk on half a beer should probably not drink ever. <laughs> I get tipsy. Yeah. I know. I it's really <laughs> a decent buzz after one beer. Problem is, I, is you drink the first it, one pretty fast. Depends on the beer. Yeah, I mean, I, the, uh, that stuff we had last oh, week, the, uh, uh, not the stoic. Not, Not the stoic. Holy, yeah, holy crap. Uh, last last time, which is one of the reasons that we were talking about calories because we're both counting calories right now. Well, I, am. I think he is. I am. Yep. Um, but but um, a super fuzz. fuzz. That, that stuff, stuff goes, goes down, down yeah. so easily. Yeah. And I, 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 I drank a six pack last night just watching, oh, watching, watching some stuff with my wife. And I'm like, I didn't mean to do that. Yeah. 
I'm going to bed. I'm going to go drive around the neighborhood. No, I, you see, what I'm going to do to promote the podcast is I'm going to pretend to be a mom, like on some Mothers Against Drunk Driving type board, and I'm going to say... I just listened to this podcast and I am so furious and I want you all to go subscribe and listen to this podcast and, and then straight, straight, well, hey, I'm, I'm here, here to push this fucking boundary, boundary. <laughs> no I ordinance out the fucking that's exactly what I was going to say I want two incredibly butch looking bikers in ass chaps with no pants or underwear on and, and leather, leather vests, vests with, with nothing, nothing on underneath them, walking, walking down the road holding hands. hands. That's again, what I again, Jeff, and you're, you're what right. What are the, the first things I saw when I went to the Castro district, district in, in San Francisco? Francisco? That's, that's what I saw. I was like, that, that is something I've never, never seen before in my life. <laughs> Jeff's I like, sat there and stared at them. Jeff's like, I'm home. No, I was gonna. I was gonna mention the discussion we had on the last podcast about the, you know, about the. About those kind of laws where we have the baseline between what some, you know, every, you have the two extremes and we always sort of pick the in the middle. I think the, the Based drinking on religion, nine times out of ten. True. And I think the drinking thing probably comes from that as well. Literally, no, there is absolutely nothing wrong with somebody who's not drunk drinking a beer. But I think maybe it's a law because it's there a are law plenty of people uh, who. A lot of people that were. were uh, it, it was, was, it was, it was a, a law that was, was kind of one of those, those leftover, leftover things of drinking and driving. driving. They, they didn't, didn't want people to drink and drive, drive, so they made, made a law saying, saying okay, okay, we're going to give you a DWI, DUI, DUI, DUI with many uh, uh, annotations for that particular thing. thing. Yeah. Um, they, they gave something to that. Well, well then people probably sometimes did that. that. Right. Had the old container, like in Mexico, if you can have an old container in a car, the driver, you can't be drinking it. Passengers can be drinking as long as the driver's not drinking and or drunk. Oh, okay. That might have changed like a city or something like that, but a lot of places have that law. In Europe, I know you walk down the street with your beer. You can just grab a beer and drink it down while walking down the street. You could be drunk in public. You could do things like this. Uh, of, of course, course their, their culture is much, much more, it's much, much different than ours, where we come, come from, from a very puritanical kind of setting compared yeah. to them. But. Yeah, I've always wondered about the open container part of it, too, which it's, uh, I've always that, 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 that be that's weird. Yeah, yeah, why can't somebody in the back seat be drinking while you're driving? What does it matter? Exactly. I mean, you think they're going to, like, get so drunk they're going to be out of control and cause you to... You know, try to get up and oh, cause you. We live in a society where you're, you're guilty, guilty for your innocence. So they are assuming that, that the driver is also drinking. Okay. The driver could reach over and grab that, that drink. Yeah. That's what always makes me paranoid. It makes me like you treat a child. Yeah. That's how our laws treat us. And that's really where I have exceptions. It makes me paranoid about growlers because I think by legal definition, I mean, do they do they seal them up when they fill them no, in no, some no. way? No, okay. no uh, the, the only place that is, that is uh, fuck. Colchin um, <laughs> does uh, okay. uh, pressurize the growlers. Oh, okay. So you, you, you'll you'll know, know after you open it. it. it well, you know, I've always no. This would be considered, considered an open container. Yeah, I've heard in Washington uh, State that anything that's been where the seal has been opened, but even if the lid's back on it. Is considered, an, is open considered an open container. But that's and for growlers, doesn't it? Could be all the way in the back in your trunk, 
in, really? the, in the original box it came in, in but if yeah. that seal is broken, you're getting get a ticket. ticket. And, and these, these are the things that, that I take steps to is because, because that, that is just, just blanket bullshit. bullshit. But they would have to have probable, probable cause to go through your trunk. They're not just going to pull you over. You look like not all of us open your trunk. Yeah, exactly. But not all of us own a trunk. I have an SUV. You shine the light back, and there is a six-pack growler sitting right there. Yeah, thanks. Thanks to you two, though, the cops are just basically. What's your first name? Jeff. Oh. We're gonna need to check your trunk. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, no, that's, that's one, one of the reasons, reasons I love wearing a suit because, because they, they don't ask me. Uh, that's right. I gotta wear a suit. That's yeah. They're like, like, oh, oh sir, how you doing today, sir? Would you like a cracker? No, no, I am one, sir. Oh, lovely. Oh, nice. Why don't you ride ahead? I'm not gonna check that you have insurance. <laughs> that's actually really you know that's almost worth making a, a a big starting like a campaign about that about the open container law which is why can't people other people in the in the in the car have that open container it doesn't make any sense Something it actually doesn't make happen. literally doesn't make any sense one of the biggest things about a lot of the laws that i just drive, drive me nuts. nuts. Something, Something might happen. Yeah. That doesn't make any sense. That's, it goes, it goes back, back to my theory of like, like going to work and, and somebody fucks up. It's the, the only time, time somebody's ever fucked up was one particular thing, thing and now, now we have to write a policy. Oh, yeah. yeah. No! You're panicking over nothing. Stop. 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 Step, Step back and think about what you're doing. Right. You know, you know and... and it, that's just my thing. Well, this state in particular is really good about being reactionary. Mm-hmm. Kid, kid falls, falls off a jungle, jungle gym and dies. dies. Well, well schools, schools cannot, cannot have jungle, jungle gyms any longer. Yeah, okay. you know, exactly. You have, have to have six feet of sawdust or some shit underneath it. Six feet of sawdust. You have to have two feet of dead children under you to cushion the fall. But this is how it was when I was a But that's how this state does. That's how the state. You landed on the back, Oh, as as someone who was the fat kid in school, I take offense. Did you eat paste? <laughs> no, okay. unless the paste was on that fat. Kid. Unless the paste was on some that was a kid named Elliot. Elliot. <laughs> anyway, we had in, in my grade school. We used to have this. Um, I don't know what you call it. Is uh, I guess it's kind of like a zip line. Where you, you're holding on, oh, to yeah. yeah. We had one that went over like the um, width of our playground. You'd start, you'd climb up onto this little tower thing, and you'd grab it, hold on, and it would just take you all the way across the playground. Oh no, no, not at all. And I remember when I was in, um, I don't know, like first or second grade. It was really young. A kid fell off it, let go on accident, landed like face down. Yeah, he got up, and I was there. I was nearby, and he got up, and his face was just a mess, covered in blood. He was. Where did he land? I mean, did you just land on the ground, ground with the grass? grass? Or was, was there, there like gravel? Or? Um, if I remember right, it was just it was wood chips. So so much for so much for wood chips. It's funny all these wood chips and there's there's like razor blades mixed in with them. But um, it's uh, the kid was really do that on Halloween. Anymore. Yeah, <laughs> I remember. I have. A, I saw a very vivid image in my in my mind from that of the of seeing the kid just briefly as the teachers were grabbing him and taking him off to the office. He was like really messed up. He had blood all over his face, and it was like a couple days later that whole thing was gone. And the two, like the start part, start 
tower thing where you'd climb up and grab onto it, and the one at the end with they had tires up where you'd you'd brace yourself with your feet as you came in. Those two things were left. The line and the thing were gone, huh. and that was it. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's it very, very much a racing thing. Yeah. I mean, I even, even with your kids, kids right on bicycles, we were working. We never worked. Right. I crashed on my bike so many times. You remember how we used to make, make ramps? And they, they always, always got, got higher, higher and higher until, until you, you just had, had a big piece of wood in your garbage can. can. Yeah. <laughs> and this <laughs> so stupid kid would try to do that. And um, eventually go off the side. The whole thing would collapse on him. And he would hit the face first. Missing a tooth. Luckily, it was probably his baby tooth. Hopefully. But no, we all had that shit when kids would melt. They have to wear helmets. Yeah. I never, I never did any. I mean, were you like a, a risk taker as a kid? Were you? Did you do a lot of stuff like that? I tried, I tried to, be to be a good, good boy, boy because, because I knew that if I came home with, with any blood on my face or yeah. anything, I wasn't going to get the attention that I wanted. I, I was noticing you're turning away from the microphone as you said. I tried to be a good boy, almost like you didn't want that to be on record. No, no, that's okay. Sorry, yeah, right. I always tried to be a good boy, but uh, it didn't always happen that way. Yeah, you know, things would happen that you just kind of. You know, yeah, you, you did bad stuff. Yeah, you know, we got a hold of my dad's playboys and hit them up in the woods, and you know, boys would go, go, go rifling through dad's playboys. Oh, look at him since 1982, you know, whatever. Until he'll raise. Until he'll raise. Until he'll raise. Until he'll raise. Until he'll we were we pretty, pretty adventurous. I think Mike, Mike was probably, probably more adventurous than I was. He had he had a, he had a he had skateboard, skateboard first. first. I did I not. Did we rode bikes quite a bit, and we rode a lot. lot. And we lived in Central District in Seattle, which is right in the middle of downtown. Yeah, or not downtown, but just in the International District. And in a time where you were allowed to do a lot. We did a lot. We were able. We had a lot of free reign. You know, a lot of it was under the guise that I was at Mike's house. So, so yeah, that I was at Mike's house and everything was okay. Well, little did his parents know. Little did his parents know that we were out riding all over the place and getting in whatever trouble we could. Yeah, you know, all the. I mean, I grew up. I grew up not unlike you. I grew up in Seattle. I grew up in a small town called Burlington, Washington. Yeah, and when when I lived there, when I was a kid, that place was small. Now it's huge. When I was a kid, it was just Main Street. Just the street boulevard? None of that. That was all fields. Oh. That road was still there. Okay. I think that's old 99. Yeah. So that road was still there, and the bridge was no longer there anymore. But no, all that was fields. All of those fields. Yeah. It was all over the boulevard. Interesting. Well, yeah. yeah. Well, I, I don't want to try. I don't want to try to play small town one upmanship. But <laughs> Aberdeen did did have a Walmart in the early nineties. Wow. I don't want to. I don't want to brag. I don't want to brag. But Aberdeen had an, a Walmart in the early nineties. I know. My wife spent nineteen ninety four when we moved out. They they had just opened up. Do you want to come join the podcast? Come on over. Come on over. My wife is. Uh, my wife is incredibly wrong. You got married. You graduated. Wow. Yeah. So there was a Walmart circa. There was a Walmart circa ninety three, ninety four ish. Yeah. I heard ninety three. Yeah, I was like, oh, you're a tad bit younger than me. 
Yeah. No, Rick, we did not live there. We, actually, actually, we had a... Just, just turned, turned 40. 40. Mm-hmm. Mike just turned 40. How old are you? 41. Oh, okay. Okay. Labor Day. Okay, yeah. I'm 41. I'm like... You were born in 1972. I'm like 39, so... Yeah. I'm sorry, your beard is about six years old. It is. It gives it away. Yeah. Yeah. I think your beard... You don't look your age. I think the neck beard really is the part that really gives away. I'm a dick. You'd mention That's fine. Whatever. Speaking, Speaking of dicks. dicks. Yeah. Yes. What? Oh, oh sorry. sorry. Um, I didn't, I didn't mean to say speak of dicks, dicks and then look at your wife. wife. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you you wanted to just talk, talk about, about uh, bicycling ham. Bicycling ham. Oh. Yeah. Oh. 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 This is where the podcast gets very dark. Yeah, I mean, the bicycle thing? That was a ploy to get into this. But yeah. You, you seem to uh, ignore my mind. I wanted to go off on the little Walmart tangent. Yeah, yeah. That's it. Whenever she enters the room, the, arg- the arguing begins. <laughs> and when she leaves, the healing begins. Um, so, bicycling in Bellingham is starting to fucking drive me nuts. Um, I don't know. I mean, you don't. T- you know, you don't actually live in Bellingham neither, and you're not even anywhere near here. But. Um, the whole um, attitude of people on bikes is starting to get to me. <laughs> Jeff wanted some mustard, and he was just grabbing. So, um, do you do you have that problem in 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 Marysville or Everett no. in that area? Do you? If you're lucky. The only bicycle riders we have in Marysville are the meth heads. That's the only way they really get around because they can't afford to drive. So they ride in between Everett and Marysville on their bicycles. And the funny thing is Lee really wants really badly to put up a wall in between Marysville and Everett to keep the trash. She's like, you know, the hell it works in Mexico. They're doing it in Texas. Why don't we do it here? You know, it's, it's, it really it really works well. It doesn't. I know. Her thought is, you know, maybe we can stop some of this. You know? It worked really well for the Chinese. It worked really well for the Chinese. You know what they did? Winter Rumble. Don't they have to go like 1,100 miles to get around that wall or something? Yeah, but they did a lot of awesome raping of those. They had fun on their way. They still got that. I love the idea of building a wall between that is every, right, every time she crazy. We live up in Sunnyside, which is the East Hill. hill. And you guys okay. have been there. The East Hill, and that's essentially we're called Highlanders, of course, because we're up there. there. Yeah. We drop down the hill. And there can only be like what twelve thousand of you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Highlanders. There can only be twelve thousand. <laughs> <laughs> When you drive down the hill and you look drive through town, you see humanity. You see it all. You see more than you want to see. You see more than you want your kids to see. And you hope to God that your kids don't grow up to be that way. Yeah. And that's why you point at that person. That's why I love that. You can say, point at that person and go, never do that. Never be that person. Yeah. Because, because he's, he's going, going to, to die, die soon. So for just just for the benefit of people who aren't in Western Washington, Marysville and Everett just seems to have a high percentage of. Uh, I don't want to insult the uh, place where you live, but North Everett has a high percentage of drug just, use. And, yeah, it, you you can see it when you go yeah. in. You get the you get the vibe immediately. Oh, yeah. you, can, you can see it. You can feel it. The Tulalip tribe, or not the tribe itself, but on the on the tribal lands. Yeah. 
from what I understand, there's a lot of heroin use. It's not necessarily through the tribe. It's really heroin. I'm really shocked to hear it, but I heard it from from locals, not necessarily people. Well, they're they're smoking heroin. Yeah, Yeah, it's just the problem is there's so many different ways to to use heroin heroin that it's just so easy to get. get. Hmm. Um, That there are it's it's prevalent all over. The drug use is prevalent down there. Yeah, I think a lot of it. There's a lot of we have high unemployment. If you don't work for Boeing in that area, you can edit that out. If you don't work for if you don't work for the nearest large company in Everett, then you you know who are you going to work for? Right. You know, I mean, they're a major, major employer in that area. area. You know, and, of course, course, there are a lot of other employers, employers but if you don't have much more than high school education, education what are you going to do? Right. And, and you can, can kind of see it. it. You know, there's, there's also a lot of... I, don't know, I have a couple of theories about why drug use happens, but a lot of it, I think... Some of it I see from middle-class children that don't have like the same experiences or same expectations as a lot of other kids. You know, They just kind of do your chores and do whatever, and then want to do whatever. whatever they don't they have, have a whole lot of direction as they become, become adults. adults. Right. I kind of see it in my kids a little, and it kind of bugs me. me. I'm like, like and I've asked Mike about it too. And, you know, they, they don't have, they don't show ambition and drive kind of like we did. Where I was, I was always doing something. It was always if it was not working, I was playing. I was going somewhere. There was always something on. Right. Doing something. And I look at my kids. I come home from work and I'm tired. Come on, I'll sit down. Well, my kids have been sitting down for a couple hours. I look around. Why the Why hell are you cleaning the house? house? Why aren't you doing this? Get up! I'm not I'm trying, trying to nag them, but at the same time, I see yeah. that kind of laziness. You're, you're dead. dead. You're supposed to be nagging. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, come on. I know, you know, but I have some theories about that, and I'm just kind of, you know, the expectations were a lot different when we were kids. So I think, you know, kids are easier to spoil these days. There's so much more for them, and they grew up expecting these things, and they can't maintain a lot of it. It's not. That's a that's generalization. A I know it's, it's not, not for, for everyone, everyone, and I'm not, not trying, trying to say that everyone is that No, I, I, I would I, I, I kind, kind of agree with you with middle, middle class, class, but coming, coming from, from that lower middle class, I would say the same thing about my generation. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the whole good old days thing drives me fuck. Yeah, no, God, don't even get me started on that. Exactly, and you hear a lot of baby boomers say that about things. Yeah, blah blah blah. Yeah. But, but um, um, it, it, it kind of crosses, crosses over into, into what, what, what Jeff's, Jeff's talking, talking about, about is that, that oh, when I was a kid, we, and we, we, we do, do the same, same thing. thing. We just did. did. I mean, we, we, we had, had a lot, lot more freedom. freedom. We, had we had all, all kinds of stuff, stuff to do. do it. And, and um, one, one thing that, that we have that, that I don't think kids often have today is our parents telling us get the fuck out of the house. True. My mom, I don't know if it was raining or not raining. My mom was like, go outside and play. Clean the or, or go outside, outside and play. play. I, don't I don't see you, you anymore. anymore. Mm-hmm. Or whatever. You know, go, go outside. Do something else. And then the kids, kids group together in their own little cliques or groups or whatever. And they, they would go, go off and, and do their thing. Yeah. And, and, and we, we used to ride, ride our bikes, bikes around, around the neighborhood. And when I got older, we'd ride our bikes around town. And when I got even older, we'd ride our bikes to the other town. You know, our world began to expand in small ways. It went from our yard. To, to the neighbor's yard, yard, to our neighborhood, to our neighborhood, to, I mean, if, if we get, get to, to see that expansion, you have to feel that expansion. It's something I don't think children are getting today, because everyone's paranoid, because they, they, they flash up there, there's, there's Amber Alerts, they, 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 they basically, 
the, the news, news is, is no longer, I don't, I don't, I don't know, know if it ever was, but it's, it's no longer an agency, agency that just reports things that happen. happen. It's a, a business, and they want people to watch. That's why, why they at 10 o'clock in the morning they go, hey, there's, there's a child molester in your neighborhood. News at 11 p.m. Huh? Yeah, yeah they're, they're trying to hook you to watch because they want you paranoid. There's an old saying in news, which is if it bleeds, it leads. Yeah. I don't know if you guys have ever heard exactly. that, but the, the the thing is nowadays, you you know, the communication is so fast and immediate that it becomes, you get this weird effect. It feels like, you know, and I'm not saying that the, that the, that the intent behind it isn't different. Because I think it is. I think it. I, I think you're right that a lot of big businesses are behind news I mean, now. Oh, yeah. what, what, so what you get that, that sort of effect uh, happening. I used to remind people um, about, about the Iraq, Iraq War and, and a lot of stuff that's been happening, happening in the last ten years. years. Yeah. Um, Everyone's watching, watching CNN. CNN. I'm like, why, why would you trust, trust that, that source for news about this war? war? Mm-hmm. Why, why would you ever trust those people? Yeah. Who is their biggest sponsor? The armed forces. During, During the entire, entire Iraq war, war the, the Army, Army and Navy were their, their biggest sponsors. Yeah. Why would, Why would you trust, trust their, their news coming, coming from a war? war? I'm, I'm sorry, sorry. Edward Edward Murrow, Murrow had it better back, back in the day because he wasn't being told what the, the fuck, fuck to say he do. Yeah. Yep. By a business, not a business, of course, the state is war, but... That, yeah, I, mean, I mean, why, why would, would you do that? that? Why, why, would, why, would, why would you trust, trust that, that source? source? That's, That's why I, I basically, I, I swore off all televised news around 2004. Yeah. yeah. I got so disgusted with it. I was just like, it was the whole swift boating thing with uh, John Kerry. Yeah. 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 I, I just, I can't believe they're giving these guys time. It takes like 20 minutes on Google to debunk everything they're saying Absolutely. and to find out who they are. Yeah. Exactly. And yet they've got them on, you know, and everybody, all, all these right wingers like, say, oh, CNN's like all liberal. It's like, no, CNN had those guys on. We're giving them airtime. Fox News was sucking their dicks practically. They had, yeah, all of them were doing it. It's like there's no real left wing news out, outlet. They're, they're just there to get viewers, and so if if it's uh you know if it's tearing down the Democrat, fine, sure yeah. they'll do it. Things, but uh, they're like C- like yeah, CNBC I think is, is sort of, or is that MSNBC is like the one that's like the big you know everybody's saying oh that's like the liberal Fox News it sort of is sort of isn't but they're all they're all corporate news sources and they they're gonna do whatever it takes to get you to watch yeah. and if it means if it means a group of guys spreading lies about the democratic candidate for president then they're gonna show it and it pissed me off so bad yeah i take exception to scaring people into thinking if they let their children out the door without their presence yeah someone's gonna come along and take them away and rape them that is simply not true. I think a lot of that started. Uh, I've thought about that a lot. I think a lot of our paranoia we have as our generation started with the disappearance of Adam Walsh. If you remember Adam Walsh from the early 80s, he was, uh, his dad started that. Oh, Jesus Christ, it's on. Oh, it's the. Um, he started America's Most Wanted. I can't remember his dad's name, but he's been an advocate for yeah. missing children ever since. The name's familiar to me, but I don't, I don't know what it is. Adam, Adam Walsh. Adam Walsh was his son. Was uh, almost the greatest American hero. Uh, America's Most Wanted. Wrong genre. Badass show. I love that show. America's Most Wanted, Greatest American Hero. Same, same difference. Robert Culp. One's got a little slightly catchier theme song. But other than that, it's... 
can normally pull his name out of the hat, but I can't, I can't do it right now. But yeah. his son disappeared, I think, in 82 or 83. He was picked up by a child molester, and they found him um, missing body parts or whatever. This was in Florida. And I remember that story very, very vividly. And at that point, I was probably 12, 13, somewhere around there. And the oldest of five kids was very paranoid about letting my sisters and my brother out of my sight. His name is John Walsh. John Walsh. John Walsh. That's kind of where I kind of get the feeling from. I get that paranoia stuck in my head from that far back and from that particular instance. It's not that it happened every day, but there was always like... Always this little nagging thought in the back of my head, you know, where's my sister? Well, yeah, yeah, you know, it's like, first of all, for sure. That's the biggest nightmare. That's the biggest nightmare. And, and of, of course, course when, 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 when news agencies and things, things prey on that, and then that, 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 that's, that's where I take exception. Is when yeah. they prey on our paranoia, they prey on our emotions, they prey essentially on our families. Yeah. And, and just, just to get, get people to watch. Right. What the, the fuck, fuck is that? It's supposed to be a news agency. Mm-hmm. Tell, Tell me what happened. happened. I don't, I don't need to know, know your opinion, opinion about something. something. Mm-hmm. I, don't I don't care about, about your opinion, opinion about something. something. I, I want to see, see a talking, talking head, head say A, B, and C happened today in Seattle. C, B, and D happened here. You know, whatever. I don't want the most uninteresting news ever. C, B, and D? You want them to consciously leave out A. Is that what you're saying? Fuck A. Canada uses it enough. Fuck A. We can take that. Fuck A. Fuck A. Fuck the Canadians. We need to close that goddamn border, too. I'm sorry. Take the wall. And put the fucking wall right up north here. This, by the way, was a great discussion of people bicycling and belling out. <laughs> Don't get that going on. on, on. Yeah. Yeah. Give me the other one. <laughs> oh, we're ready for the next beer, I guess. So. We're ready to open up the next beer. I think uh, I will let uh, the man who picked the movie. Actually, actually introduce the movie. Oh, would you like to introduce the movie? Okay, I would. Um, this is your big moment, Jeff. Don't fuck it up. Don't fuck it up. No pressure, but don't fuck it up. Make it interesting. Make it interesting. Make it compelling. Bring the listener in, Jeff. Bring the listener in. We are going to review Django Unchained from uh, Quentin Tarantino. This was uh, not necessarily his latest movie. It's his latest movie. Yes. Okay. Oh, was it? Oh, was it? Okay. I thought the Inglorious Bastards was. No, Inglorious Bastards was like five years ago. Oh, okay, okay, okay. This was his latest movie. It was a. To me, it's a white black exploitation movie, only because it's done by a white director using a black character. It's. For me, it's a classic Quentin Tarantino. There's plenty of blood, plenty of spray, plenty of visuals. And if you take Tarantino movies any deeper than that, then good for you. But Mike, Mike, yeah. I love Tarantino. Mike is so passionate about Tarantino films, and I understand because he is a really good filmmaker. Yeah, but he rarely ever made an original film. No, he hasn't. Absolutely not. So don't get me wrong. He's a good filmmaker. I think one of the most original films. Was uh, the Kill Bill? Yeah, series. But, but even, even that, that was based, based on basically, basically Japanese, Japanese anime. Yeah, they're, 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 they're yeah. what samurai what movies, movies essentially, right? Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, samurai, samurai movies. I, 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 only because my wife watches a lot of Japanese anime, I've been watching a bit of it. But yeah, I used to read a lot of 
anime yeah, made back, back in the 80s, 80s when it was called, called anime. anime. Or, or manga. manga. <laughs> but, uh, but, uh, it was just, it was just called, called comic, comic books. books. But they're, <laughs> they're from Japan. <laughs> um, comic books that they do backward. <laughs> no, 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 they would be made for the States. States oh, okay. Like, like, like on, uh, what was, was it? Nausicaa, the Valley of the Wind. Uh, that's, oh, yeah, yeah. That, that was a comic, comic book. I don't yeah. Know, like a bunch, a bunch of them. Yeah, that's cool. just gorgeous. But anyway, um, yeah, I've always thought he never did really enjoy that film. Well, I think, uh, it, it, my, my feeling about Django Unchained is it's a, what I call a black, a white black exploitation movie. It's not a black exploitation movie for black people. It's for white people specifically. And I, I always had a problem with the mid seventies black exploitation movies. They always said, well, those are awesome movies. No, I don't have a problem with them. Well, calling them black exploitation. Black exploitation. You know, no one was under any pressure to do any of those movies. They did them on their own. And, you know, they were fucking seriously entertaining. They were oh, yeah. Really, really so much fun. I mean, Shaft, we had, it was a Pam Greer. I love that. I love it on Foxy Brown, even back then, and then when the Tarantino did. Yeah. I just, I just I love I the love characters. characters. I think they were awesome, awesome. and they were, they were perfect, perfect for that, for that time because you needed independence in, in, in that race. They needed to be able to strike out on their own, just like women did in the early 70s, 70s as well. So, so I, think I think that those, those movies, movies were. were... <laughs> Sorry, Sorry. <go> ahead. <laughs> well, <laughs> well it's, it's important, important historically. historically you know. It is. It is. I think so. I like Django mainly for the effects. There's a particular effect that happens. They were shooting. Uh, I, can't I can't remember, remember. Christopher, Christopher what's his, his name, name shot the Christoph Christoph he shot the the first guy what a great awesome to watch yeah he hasn't been disappointing in the least bit when they shot the shot the one guy that was riding away in the horses in the field and you see him he sort of drops but at the same time you see the blood splatter on the cotton it's, it's so perfect. perfect. Oh, just, yeah. I, yeah. I know it's a little much for some people, but it just said well, the timing of both visuals. It, you know, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's just, I loved every minute of that. Yeah. You know, like, it's funny to watch that movie and watch Jamie Foxx grow from the beginning to the end of that movie. He gets a little more bold as he goes on, and he gets a little more strong, but he gets a little over the top. You know, he comes in in the fancy clothes and everything, and it's like, oh, okay, all right, I, I get the point. But, yeah. You know, Jamie Foxx went a little over the top. After that, he definitely got in the character. Was allowed to do whatever he wanted to do with the character. Yeah. Well, I think but, it was part of the character development. But true. Yeah. You know, I, yeah. I've you know. never found Jamie Foxx to be that fucking great of an actor. So no, I mean, he he, don't get me wrong. He no. did a great job, but he was overshined by almost everybody else. In the oh, film. he was absolutely. Yeah, no, yeah. it was just kind of like, wow, what the. Look at that guy and that guy. Yeah. Even like just the other guys in the chain gang. You know, yeah. it was like, yeah, oh, these guys are awesome. Oh, they were great. So. Yeah. Now, boys, oh, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. The, the one thing I loved about that movie the, the most was at the beginning when he shot the horse. He shot him, didn't just shoot him, shot him in the head. That's the first time on film <laughs> I've ever seen a horse get shot in the head. When I first saw that movie, I was like, are you serious? You can't be real. I actually saw a horse die on film. I've never seen that before. Not like that. Where the head just gets just decimated, you know, just like you would see yeah. anyone else with a gunshot. It was kind of... It was interesting. It was like it was. It was a way to make a point. And it was yeah. definitely Tarantino. There's no two ways. I, I think there was a lot of firsts when it comes to shooting things yeah. in that movie because <laughs> there, there was something later on in the film. If I want to do spoilers, where 
a guy who climbs out of the tub gets shot mm-hmm. in a certain place that I don't yeah. think anybody wants to get shot Both in. Both of no. these things already <laughs> happened, but go ahead. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, I don't know. Remember, I've but, watched billions of films. I, I exactly well, mainstream I films. I don't think that's yeah. something you've ever seen in a mainstream film, at least. Uh, not in this era, yeah. no. Yeah. Um, you go back to the, the 50s, 60s and 70s. Yeah. It's really where you see a lot of that. One of my favorite movies... Of, of and I wouldn't say of all time, but uh, I know uh, Mr. Science Theater did this movie, and it's uh, I can't remember what the movie's called, but they use an iguana as the monster in oh, the movie, yeah. and they actually burn it alive at the end oh, of the wow. movie and film the fucking. Thing. <laughs> That's cool. <laughs> yeah, I loved it because I fucking hate iguanas. Yeah, and I hate yeah. all reptiles because there is a secret war between mammals and reptiles. I don't know if you knew this. So there was a little asterisk next to the thing at the in the credits that no, said no animals were harmed in making shit. this film. Yeah, no, there was yeah, none yeah, of that. Yeah. Little asterisk. Yeah. But no, there was a lot of that kind of thing yeah. in early filming. Well, that reminds uh, me of... Um, use animals and kill them. Mm-hmm. That's why now we have people, we have wranglers and people on set to make sure this shit doesn't happen, even if it's goldfish. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if you've either of you have seen the, the, the Wolf of Wall Street. Mm-mm. No. Um, well, there's a scene where uh, uh, the chubbier guy, I can't remember his bloody name, but he... He's, Jonah Hill? Jonah Hill, thank you. He has to... Uh, he has to eat I've seen it, but I know that. A live goldfish, yeah. <laughs> There's only like five chubby guys in Hollywood, so you had a one in five chance. Yeah, yeah, Jonah Hill. But he has to eat a goldfish. There was a wrangler there for the goldfish. He oh had to spit the goldfish out of Oh, oh, yeah. For a few seconds. Yeah, da, 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 da. And it was, he was like, this, it's shit in my mouth. <laughs> it's shit in my mouth. So, it, it, great interview, by the way. Just go download it at, uh, uh, I think it's, uh, you could probably see it at uh, Grant Norton. But uh, it, it's that, one of the things, because this shit has happened. That's yeah. one thing I'll say about Jonah Hill. It's probably not the first time something is shit in his mouth. <laughs> I do not, <laughs> am not the biggest Jonah Hill fan. No, especially in Django Unchained. His southern accent was poor shit. So... He's not the best actor in the way. I mean, he's in Superbad. He was fun. He was funny. Mm-hmm. The character was cool. He was a little over the top, but he was fun to watch. But that's kind yeah. of what he does. And he actually is really good at Wolf of Wall Street. Was he? He does a really good job. Well, watch I was, that movie. Go, going back to the animals, animals dying and or being killed in films. Have you seen um, Apocalypse Now? I'm assuming you have. Mm-hmm. There's like the scene toward the what end where they. Apocalypse Now. <laughs> did I yes, did I misspeak? <laughs> uh, at the end, when they slaughter the the cow on on film, That's right? Yeah, yeah, they did. Didn't that they? really freaked me out. I saw that yeah. as a kid, and it really freaked the shit. <laughs> I was yeah. like, oh, wow, I can't but believe again, what I just saw. If uh, you grew up in a place like a farm, this is going back to this, like we're talking about the the, the naked time. thing, the fucking the sex <clears throat> yeah. of telling your children. Children that grow up on the farm, they see this stuff. They, That's true. My my dad. Uh, Saw this when he was a kid. He grew up on a farm. He, yeah. if, if they needed to eat chicken that day, they went out and killed yeah. the fucking chicken and yeah. brought it in. Yeah. And then he had to go pull all the feathers off it. He's yeah. like, I fucking hated that. <laughs> <laughs> he had to rip all because they're not easy to rip feathers out of a bird. I don't yeah. know if you've ever tried, but it's not fucking. Especially easy. when they're alive. Yeah, I know. They don't like that. They don't. No, but all you have to do is is you grab them, you grab them by the neck, and then you just flip like that. Oh, breaks their neck. Geez. Really? Yes. I've heard that about snakes too. I've heard that about toddlers. That's only British nannies. Oh, that's true. Wasn't she acquitted? 
Okay, it's Jeff. Too hot to be. So I'm, I'm assuming you would give uh, Django Unchained a beer. I would give it a beer for graphics alone. Oh, okay. The graphics were really yeah. good. Yeah. Plotline was pretty decent. Uh, Christopher Waltz. <laughs> Christoph Waltz. Christoph yeah. Waltz. Love him. I can't get enough. I love him in every film, and I Everything. can't wait to see him in the upcoming uh, Terry Gilliam film. So. Oh, oh is he in that? Zero Theorem. Yeah, he's oh, really? the main character. Yeah. Oh. Oh, okay. That's yeah. cool. Wow. We're going to get to see him as a lead. Um. Yes. Uh, he's been in Art a lines. few movies where he's he's one of the more main yeah, stream yeah, characters. Yeah. Uh, in the Tarantino films, like in Glorious Bastards, he was the main bad guy. Yeah. Mm. And um, he was so fucking amazing in that. Yeah. 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 Do you want to? Do you want to go next with your opinion? I'll go next. I did not watch this film again because I've already seen it like twice now. Um, So uh, I only because I really didn't have time this week, and thank God you chose a movie that I hadn't seen. (laughs) (laughs) He'd be here making shit up. Uh, Like the beginning of that part where uh, Quentin Tarantino had the thing because he always stars in his own movie somehow, and (laughs) yeah, and then he makes love to that gun. Um, No, it's it's actually kind of funny because Mike was like, you get to choose the movie. And I'm like, oh shit, you guys saw Blue Ruin before I did. And I love oh, Blue Ruin. I mean, that was I a good movie. I didn't see it because of the podcast. I had yeah. to see it. And maybe we saw it at the same uh, time. That was what, yeah, that was actually movie. one of my choices. And yeah. Because I had seen... It had been going through the, the, the festival circuits, yeah. and I'd seen the trailer a couple of times. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. fuck, I have to watch this yeah. movie. It looked, it looked yeah. that good. Yeah. So when I, uh, when Mike gave me the choice, I was like, how am I going to top Certainly that? a I thoughtful mean, film. It absolutely. certainly makes you think. Yeah. It was like, uh, of course, then I was sitting there with my Apple TV on, and I'm like, oh, shit, I own Django Unchained. That makes it easy. And he goes, it has to be current. I'm like, well, you know, it doesn't have to be current. It's, was like, it's just something. I was, I was thinking of, actually, I was thinking about that today. We'll talk about it maybe yeah. when Mike gets back. Yeah. Anyway. Sorry, I didn't mean to. No, no. Uh, I will. Oh, my, my thoughts on Django Unchained. Um, the original movie is freaking awesome. Please go out and watch it. If you ever get a chance to watch the original of any film, uh, because they're that's all they make now is is either sequels and or uh, remakes yeah. or reboots as they seem to be, want to call them. Um, please go back and watch the originals because they're uh, generally sometimes better. Uh, in this case, not so much better, just different. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, the only reason Django is better, uh, the original Django is good, is because it's it's a classic spaghetti western. Yeah, the spaghetti okay. westerns really in the in the sixties, what they did was bring gore to American cinema. Mm-hmm. Because uh, there was more violence in those Italian westerns than there was in any of our westerns. Yeah. There was violence towards animals in our to- westerns, and certainly non-whites. But um, <laughs> uh, when it came to blood and guts and people dying and lots of bullets flying, there usually wasn't a lot in our westerns. Not as much as quite those. And uh, you can see the progression once those Italian and spaghetti westerns became really big in the States. Yeah. Uh, that's right about when the 70s started. And that's when cinema got incredibly and wonderfully visceral. Yeah. yeah, we're talking. That's that's when that's at the height of uh, any director you can think of off the top of your head. Scorsese and mm-hmm. and when De Niro was big and and Scarface and and all of that stuff. It just it just went on and on and on. And uh, um, it, we would not have the Magnificent Seven if it wasn't for spaghetti westerns. True. 
So and that, that's one reason why people need to go back and watch. Django. As a quick side note, you know the scene in Django Unchained where he corrects the guy and says, or he's telling about the spelling of his or this pronunciation of his name, and he says the D is silent. Mm-hmm. The guy he's saying that to he's is the, the Django yeah, Django. yeah. I, I oh. read that as a trivia. Yeah, he was in all those westerns. westerns. He was in all those yeah. spaghetti westerns. Oh. In fact, he's in a lot. He, he actually ended up coming to America and being some of our yeah. films as well. Yeah. And no, he's awesome. Just cheese fucking actor. Just great. <laughs> he did a great job in this movie. But I really enjoyed this movie Quentin Tarantino really made it his own mm-hmm. he wrote a script that uh, encapsulated the American experience um, not only of westerns but of spaghetti westerns mm-hmm. and of uh, America and he, he kind of shoved it in the face and I I will already say and I've probably said it before I dislike um, what's his name a little fucking guy Spike Lee well, I cannot stand that little shit. Oh. <laughs> but um, he went vehement. He would just threw venom at Quentin Tarantino for this because it, only a black person should make a film like this. Oh, and, come on. And, Bullshit. I'm sorry. It, no matter the color of your skin, you can sympathize it's with not... enslavement. You can sympathize with these things. Yeah. And, and I think he really hits home. But in such an entertaining way. And the acting, like Jeff said, the acting in this movie yeah. is fucking phenomenal. And, of course, I'll give it my beer because it's Django Unchained. Yes. Was there some gratuitous moments? Uh, yeah. There was there was some scenes in there that simply did not do need to exist. Like the guys on the horseback with the hoods. And oh, I, yeah. Oh, I, my God. I that thought that was, uh, thought so that was funny. funny. It was I hilarious. Was Don't get me wrong. It would have been a great outtake for the Blu-ray or whatever. Yeah. But it did not need to be in the theatrical it release. It didn't, but it's like... Theatrical release could have been shaved down to about uh, roughly two hours. Yeah. But instead it was about two and a half. Mm-hmm. So there could have been about a half hour taken out of that movie. And it still would have been the same fucking movie. I'm, I am okay with the... Con- I don't mean to interrupt you, but I, I'm, yes, okay. You I'm okay. I'm okay. I'll hand it over to you. Okay. Uh, I'll start off by saying... I'm going to interrupt you, your interruption, yeah. by interrupting and saying I, I'm, that a, I'm interrupting. <laughs> Stop interrupting me, Jeff. God damn it. Anyway, uh, I gave it my beer, so it's got two beers so far. I'm going to hand it over to uh, um, Rickster. I'm okay with extraneous stuff making it into a final cut of a film because I've always wondered. I, I don't like films that are too tightly edited. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? No, you need to get back to the mic. <laughs> I had to step away from the mic for just a second. Sorry, everybody. Um, but, Sorry, everybody. Uh, Sorry. I didn't mean to do it. Please forgive me. Um, I'm okay with that. I think it's okay to throw in things that don't necessarily push the plot forward or forward or you know progress anybody's character arc. I'm I've I've always wondered why we've gotten to the point with a lot of movies where it seems like everything has to be edited so tightly that you can almost see the structure as you're watching it. It's like. Well, yeah. it's, I'm okay with just kind of going off on these little detours, and, and that was one of Mike's big complaints about this film, that specific scene. And I, I'm okay with yeah, it. Yeah, and, and I was okay with it. Yeah. I'm just saying those were extraneous. Luckily, yeah. they were entertaining. I, but if you put that in a movie that is not... I, you I put, don't think... You put something like that in a movie that's not entertaining. Yeah. I mean, the movie's entertaining, and then all of a sudden you go off on a tangent. Yeah. That I, can really take away from I don't the film. I don't think it was necessarily extraneous. I think it I think it added to the, the whole overall... Pl- the movie was basically trying to mythologize, and whether you think this is tasteless or not, that's a whole other topic. It was trying to mythologize 
the slavery era in America, mm-hmm. which is like it's the yeah. first movie that's ever tried to do that. I see. I thought the exact opposite. I thought it was because we already have Gone with the Wind. That yeah. is a mythology that people. Um, but that movie was trying. That, that the, the the folks just wanted to be slaves, and they came back to the plantation. Yeah, that movie there was, was nothing out there for them. And while maybe sometimes that was true, hopefully they were hired on. Yeah, but. That 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 sort of bullshit needs to be broken. Yeah, as but well. That's a whole. Yes, but all the westerns the, are mythology, by the way. Yeah, all but this them. is the this really <laughs> was focusing on the on the slavery era thing, and and yes, you could make a really strong case that that's an incredibly tasteless thing to try to mythologize and to try to have fun with. But I got to give Quentin Tarantino, and I'm not a big fan of his, by the way. I was not gaga over him the way everybody was throughout the 90s. Right. You know, everybody was freaking out about him. And I, was, I would watch his movies, and I'd say, oh, it was entertaining, but I don't get it. I don't see what the big deal is. Like, I watch Reservoir Dogs and Pulp Fiction, and I was like, it was a fun movie, but I'm not going to go back and rewatch that. Mm-hmm. I'll never watch it again. I oh, don't I'd see it. Reservoir Dogs in the news. Yeah, I don't, I n- I've never understood it. I've never quite gotten it. But this movie, I watched it, and I thought, wow, this is he's really taking a serious risk with this because this could backfire in a big way. He could have douchebags like Spike Lee coming after him and saying, you don't have the right to do this. But to me, to, but, to look at Django Unchained, Django Unchained, it, it, this is my comparison that came to mind while I was watching this. Django Unchained is to a movie like Roots that as Star Wars is to 2001 A Space Odyssey. It's taking a genre and trying to make it just a, a roller coaster ride. Yeah, exactly. And, it's, and, it's, and it takes, I've got to give him credit for this, it takes a lot of guts to take something like that, a topic like that, and to try to make it into an adventure action movie fun. And he did it. And so that's why I don't think the, the scene no, where I'm those guys are the sitting didn't there. Work. Oh, no, no, no. I'm I know. I know that. It didn't need to be as long I'm as saying it was, all this. I'm saying all this. It was still a very good movie. I'm saying all this to make the case that I don't think the scene where the guys are sitting I think on the you're horses. Just with Mike, who is not here right now. No, 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 no. Actually, no. You guys brought the scene. I actually wasn't going to mention it, but um, I think that scene where the guys are sitting there being buffoons is part of the. That's part of the shtick of, the, of this movie. It's 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 trying to have fun with that era, and so a bunch of guys sitting around having this kind of Mel Brooks or Monty Python kind of it moment. Was very of, Mel Brooks. Was kind yes, of it was. Uh, you, you know, know the whole thing. Right I think we all agree that it was a good idea. <laughs> But maybe it wasn't done as well as it could. And then the one guy saying, just fuck all you all. I'm going home, you know. I watched my wife work on these all day for you. Uh, that was, I think that was okay. I think that was necessary to the movie to set the tone that this is not trying to be a serious movie about this topic. So I think it was okay. I didn't, I didn't get that. You know, I, I read other critiques online before I heard Mike's critique that said that scene was like the biggest thorn you know that was like Why the biggest problem. I don't get it. I don't. I really understood don't get his it. Uh, his thinking behind it, but it was still like you said, an entertaining scene. And while I was watching the movie, I remember thinking, "Wow, this is like right out of a Mel Brooks or something." This yeah, yeah, awesome. yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. it was funny, and it, yeah. it didn't necessarily fit in with the movie. Yeah. But it kind of did. I mean, yeah. it didn't really fit in because that kind of humor but, wasn't throughout the movie. Yeah. But it was still a great scene, and you could see the idea behind it. And I knew, I'm sure, Quentin Tarantino was like, "This is going to be awesome. It's going to be yeah, hilarious." Yeah. Yeah. Did you can't I, don't, I didn't count the N words throughout that movie. Could they have used as many N words oh, in that movie as they did the Mel Brooks movie? Um, <laughs> how was that? The other one that they're farting around the camp. Seriously? Oh, Blazing Saddles. Blazing Saddles. I have holes in my memory, so I can't remember names. I can't pull them out of the Rolodex as quickly. Yeah. But it, I think did they use... shoot that man. Yeah. <laughs> 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 
Nobody moves. The nigga gets it. I think you're going to shoot him. Damn, almost lost a good shovel. <laughs> that movie is serious genius. Oh, yeah. And absolutely. the idea that Mel Brooks did that movie is genius. Yeah. But well, he could only, he was the only one that could do it. I mean, wasn't he a Jew? It, yeah. I mean, you couldn't have. Still is actually. Wow, we're on a rampage offending yeah. people at this point. I know. Good job, us. Stop doing the Bellamy there, man. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> I'm not doing the Spike Lee. I think it's called the Bellamy salute. The Bellamy salute. Yeah. yeah. The the yeah. Z Kyle oh. that oh. thing. No, yeah. no, I wasn't doing. No, no, there is no Z Kyle. No, no, we're not going to But. There was that was a contender. Mike Lucas, I love you. Wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. Chill. Okay, Okay. stop it. (laughs) That was actually a contender for the salute of the United States of America. Oh, really? Oh, yes, it was. That was and people actually did it in the late eighteen hundreds and early nineteen hundreds. They did it when they saw the American flag. Huh. And when they sang the, not the Pledge of Allegiance, it didn't exist then, but uh, the, when they sang the song, whatever that fucking song is, that people sing at baseball games. Uh, I'm not a sports fan, so I don't know that song. Oh. But anyway. Oh, uh, Take me out to the ballpark. Oh, no, 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 You said the Pledge of Allegiance didn't exist. So it didn't exist then. It's, uh, oh, say can you see. Star Spangled Banner. Yeah, yeah, People would do the Bellamy ballpark. I, 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 people can correct me on this. They did the Bellamy salute when the, the American flag. And there is pictures of people doing that salute to the American flag. Oh, right. yeah. It's fucking amazing. Sorry, back to anyway, the sorry. I, I would. I'll We're just. I'll, just, I'll summarize it by saying I would. And I would be a, this... a group of chubby fucking white guys. Yeah. Don't I would worry. I don't own a gun, so I'm not in that group. <laughs> I would. Oh, cool. oh, all right. Okay. I'd anyway, give this sorry, film Rick. a beer. Um, the only criticism I would actually make of this film is that um, it there's a certain cliche that drives me crazy, which is the it, the it all ends with a big fight cliche. Yeah. yeah. I wish this movie actually had a lot of clever moments between the characters, a lot of like a lot of great tension, like mm-hmm. moments where you're going, oh, I don't know where the like the like the scene where uh, Leonardo DiCaprio's character pulls out the skull. Sets it down, and you're like, he knows these guys are fucking with Absolutely. him. And it's like, where is this going? Yeah. I don't I don't see where this is going, but I know it's going to blow up in a minute. You know, there's like a lot of clever moments like that. Mm-hmm. And the unexpected moment where um, the the one guy shoots Leonardo DiCaprio's character. I'm, I'm glad I committed all yeah. the character names today <laughs> to memory. Um, where he shoots him. That came. That can Yeah, Candy. Mr. Candy. Mr. Candy. Where he <laughs> shot him. I haven't seen that movie in like a year, and I know. Yeah. But he, uh, with the moment where he shoots him, that took me completely by surprise. Oh, yeah. I was like, wow, there's like 35 minutes to this movie left, and we just lost the, the bad guy. What the hell? Yeah. How is this going to keep going? But um, there was a lot of clever moments in this movie. Because and he then, may have been the bad guy. Yeah. The bad guy was racism. To have it end with, the big, with the big shootout. <laughs> Yeah, and the and I knew where the I, I knew that was awesome. I loved it too, but I just I wish it had had a little more of the cleverness of the earlier part of the movie. Um, and as soon as Western, I knew, right? yeah, and as soon as I saw the the introduction of the dynamite, I was like, I know where this is going. Yeah. Please don't blow up the house. Yeah. Don't don't do that because I know where that's just going. You can predict it doesn't make it. Bad, but it was then. incredibly obvious for a movie that was that was eluding yes. my ability yes, to predict where it was this going. Is Quentin Tarantino, we're talking about. No, it no, but I'll, I'll give him credit. I didn't. I couldn't. I didn't. Wouldn't been able to guess where the movie was going at any point up until that that moment, and then it turned into the big. 
there's a big fight at the end, big shootout, you know, and he gets all the bad guys, blows the house up. You know, it's a minor, minor, minor quibble. It's a great movie. I would actually watch it again, which for me is a big, that's a big deal. Really? Yeah. Vic would watch it again. I would watch it again. Except I want to watch it on TBS where it's censored and all the naughty words are taken out. <laughs> and then you get those stupid things at the bottom of the screen. Yeah. <laughs> all the little trivia and the Twitter all comments. Those <laughs> anyway, I, I I thought it was a great movie. I really don't completely understand Mike's objection to it, even though I've listened to his comments. So we're gonna Mike's play. Mike's an angry fanboy. We're gonna play his comments at the end of this podcast. By the way, I want to hear these comments. Yeah, and um, um, I kind of understand where he's coming from. I I feel like maybe this movie offended him in some way that he's not completely letting on to. No, he's an angry fanboy. I've, how many times do I have to say this? He's an angry fanboy. Was he a big fan of the earlier stuff? Oh, yes. Yeah. Huge okay, okay. Yeah, Kill Bill's a good movie. Him, That's a good Quentin movie. Quentin Tarantino is the guy yeah. in the 90s. Kill Bill, actually, I watched at Mike's house at his insistence because I told him, I said, I wasn't that bowled over by Pulp Fiction or Reservoir Dogs. And he Kill says, Bill's well, we awesome. have to watch Kill Bill. Yeah, it was. I was actually, so I had a lot of fun, had a lot of fun watching fun that. Movie. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't. I was not a fan of Reservoir Dogs. I watched it twice. I still, I'm just kind of. The weird thing, yeah, I, I was a big fan of Reservoir Dogs. It was uh, but I saw it well after the fact of yeah. the whole yeah. hype. Yeah. yeah. Um, but it was like, wow, that's a yeah. good movie. And it really reminds me of like Asian cinema. He's like, yeah, it's yeah. based on Asian yeah. cinema. I'm like, oh, yeah. yeah. You know what movie <laughs> Quentin Tarantino was involved in that really left an impression on me? It's funny because I can watch, I watched Pulp Four Fiction. Rooms. No. <laughs> <laughs> Stop guessing, damn it. Um, Pulp Fiction and Reservoir Dogs, I've watched at least each twice. Pulp Fiction, maybe three times. A week after I've watched them, I can't remember any of the details about the movies. Huh. I literally can't. I don't know what really? it is about the movie. I'll, I'll like, I kind of remember. Oh, the Gimp? Oh, my God. A little bit. Oh, yeah. Right. Some heavy but um, he wrote the... Yeah. I love Bing Rains. It's just one of the best scenes in the fucking <laughs> entire movie. Absolutely. And then once the, once the whole thing's over, like, uh, uh, God, what's his name? The big guy. That's in there with uh, um, Bruce. What's his name? Bing Rames. Bing Rames yeah. goes. We're never going to talk about this. <laughs> <laughs> you come back to L.A. Privileges have been provoked. <laughs> Absolutely awesome. But the the movie Quentin Tarantino wrote Revoked. was uh, True Romance. Yeah, and I watched that, and that left a huge. That movie. That was a great movie. Hands down, one of the best. You haven't seen that movie? Romantic. Okay, that movie also ends with a big fight shootout. I don't mean to spoil it for you, but I was okay with that. That movie felt like it was leading to that. Should have went there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Going the whole. I can forgive it it because Bonnie and Clyde. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's essentially what it is. You haven't seen that movie, really? No, I need to see that. Best Elvis ever, Val Kilmer. Okay, but really? best Christopher Walken scene yes! ever, oh ever. There, you're gonna not be able. You're gonna catch yourself not being able to breathe during the scene. You're gonna go. I, I don't want this to go where it's going. No, but uh, who really shines in that is the other actor. Oh, what's um, Dennis Hopper? Dennis Hopper. Yes. Oh, really? In that scene is the one that shines. There's a scene between those two guys. Holy shit! It's best purely two veteran actors doing what they do they're, best. They're just sitting across from each other talking. Fuck. And they're not just sitting in. Um, Christopher Walken's the bad guy. He's torturing Dennis Hopper. Dennis Hopper's tied up. 
Huh. And he asks for a cigarette, and then they have this conversation. That's don't yeah, don't 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 tell him. Go watch, go watch it. Seriously, it's, 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 it is one of my favorites. Uh, I sat out here, I sat out here in this room and watched that movie for the first time, and I could not believe when they got to that scene. I was like. Oh my God! Yeah. I know where this is going, but I don't <laughs> want it to go there. And it was just genius. It was just and a one slow build-up to it. Uh, he's done a lot of good performances, but one of the best performances is Brad Pitt's in that movie. Yeah, really? yeah. dude on the couch, dude. On Lloyd. The- <laughs> Fucking genius stuff. That, but one of the lines in that movie was the uh, was when um, what Christian Slater's character. Mm-hmm. Is uh, God. I don't want to spoil it for you, but he 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 occasionally imagines that Elvis is talking to him and plays like he'll be in the in the no, restaurant. He wants to be Elvis. It's like yeah. Sonny Chiba and Elvis are his two idols, yeah. okay. and so he just sits and talks to Elvis once in a while. Yeah, and you know that the conversation is happening in his head. But yeah, humor plays Elvis, and you don't really. He's always slightly off camera or in a reflection. Yeah. So, it, it, but it's Val Kilmer doing it, and he does such a good. Job. But that the scene where he says this. Uh, this line has always stuck with me, which is where he's talking about these these guys that he wants to he wants to do some harm to, and the Elvis some characters, violence. yeah, the Elvis characters telling me he's going. Can you live with the idea that those guys are breathing the same air that you're breathing? He's <laughs> like, oh my god, man! That's he's like, trying to ki- convince himself to kill these motherfuckers yeah. who are victimizing his girlfriend in the next room. Yeah. So you know, <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> it's. Fucking phenomenal! Please watch it. True, true, true romance. romance. Go see it. See, it's one of my favorite films. Of Go all see time. it. Like you're gonna pick it. Like it's uh, down at the theater. You need uh, to get down there and get a ticket. Go <laughs> down to your local Cineplex and see True Romance. Yeah. It's adventure comedy <laughs> written by Quentin Tarantino. So, as you can see, we stick with our topics list pretty yeah, strictly. You know what? No, we're right on time. I think. Yeah. I think we're right on time. Did you Where get your beer? Yes, I gave it my beer, and Excellent. I'm done talking Django about it. Django Unchained, um, despite Mike's bullshit rant at the end of this <laughs> stuff for 12 minutes about Quentin Tarantino, who the man fucking loves, um, we give it three beers, by the way. By the way, I think George Lucas should make Django Fett Unchained. <laughs> Don't think that's already on the internet, sir. <laughs> oh, my God. George, no, that was George. Thing. George, if you're listening, memes after Django Unchained was Django Fett. Oh, really? Oh, I just yes, it was. That just popped into my. You can, you're the internet's in your fucking brain. I guess it's in my head. I guess I'm That's wired how in. Fucked up, this man is. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so um, what do you guys think of the beer? By the way, we've been drinking the beer for the last twenty minutes or oh, so. Oh, this is the Mammoth IPA. Uh, I think I've had it before, and oh god, it is good. It's it's pretty it's good. A, yeah, it's a double IPA. I take away my beer from the movie and give it to this beer. <laughs> <laughs> you're giving a beer a beer. Yeah. That I don't know, man. It's slightly incestual, but <laughs> I don't care. Skookum, I will watch. Skookum is very much in my backyard, so I yeah. go there quite often, kind of like you do with the North Fork. North yeah. Fork. The North Fork. Yeah. Uh, it's it's definitely it's not nearly as close to my backyard as is yours, but uh, it's it's fairly close. And I go there quite often. I have not had a bad experience yet. Yeah. Although last weekend we had. Uh, Old Tom or something like that. One of their IPAs that I just didn't care for. Yeah. Yeah. It's just 
it didn't hit me right at that point or at that time. <laughs> but uh, the Mammoth has always been really good. I've never had a bad wow. beer from them. It's just there's certain times where I didn't want the, that particular beer from them. You just know? sniffing this beer, I mean, as soon as I poured it, I could smell the hops. Yeah. I could smell that hoppy yeah. incredibleness. But I don't taste it necessarily. Yeah. It doesn't have a, that big flowery taste, uh-huh. but it certainly has that bitter kind of uh, that bitter aftertaste. Absolutely. But it doesn't sit with you. It doesn't burn. It doesn't. Mm-hmm. It doesn't just sit there and go foul. It just. Yeah. It's it's perfect. It, oh, it keeps you thirsty too. Absolutely, <laughs> as this, any good beer does. This this is one that there was my pervy lad. I, I was going to say it. So this is getting it's getting kind of uncomfortable for that me. Was, that was, was that was me tying up Penelope and putting her on the train track. <laughs> Jeff, I can just see you in black and white, all flickery and stuff with subtitles. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna I'm gonna give it to this guy. How about my beard? Is it okay, I love the beard. I'm okay. just noticing the beard. I think it looks good. Uh, it's very uh, very northwestern beard. Not that. No, this is. I'm a second generation to stand upright. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, <laughs> if I just let this go. If I let all this go, yeah. like yeah. my person, yeah. and I, it's not even manscaping. It's preventing people from capturing me and putting me in a zoo. <laughs> That's really what it is. So, um, if I let this go, I would yeah. seriously could just strip down naked, walk through the woods, and people would be like, Sasquatch. I do. And take pictures and shit. So, I do have a weed eater out in the garage if you want me to kind of go over you a little bit there. No, I got my own. It's okay. It's oh, okay. okay. Good. Yeah. Cool. Okay. Have you seen those things? They're, they're, they're actually mixers. They're like these things. And they have those blades at the end. That's what, oh, I, yeah, used to, yeah. that's what I used to fill my beard. <laughs> It doesn't look at all hipsterish, so I that's hope, not what I was going for. I was I going that for uh, yeah. I'm going to really annoy myself <laughs> into losing weight. Yeah. He was like, uh, you were growing that out during the uh, trip to Portland. Sag. Yeah, that was the, that was kind of the sag, first week. Sag, sag, sag. Yes, sag. we can all talk right. about Portland, the podcast. <laughs> um, we've all heard the podcast. If you haven't, go back and listen to it because. <sighs> What was the what was the beer again? It was this mammoth. This is uh, Skookum's Mammoth oh, okay. Double IPA. Mammoth Double IPA. Yeah. This is a Dippa, as Dippa. Mike would call it. This is why we need to get rid of him and just get Jeff up here. I'm kidding, Mike. Maybe I we love need you. A fourth Mike. Mike. Maybe that's Mike it. could be our. Well, little... We're gonna get a fourth Mike. Yeah. Yeah. First, we have to uh, get a uh, powered. Oh, I guess these things. Is it I mammoth? This is working really. Is mammoth. it mammoth Jack? Is that what it's called? Nice. I'm trying to I'm trying to do it on a tapped here, so oh, I'm trying okay. to find it. Oh, it just comes. I think that's that might be it. Okay, I mean, yeah. that's the only mammoth they have. Skookum Brewery Mammoth Jack. Oh yeah, it, it's a double IPA. Okay. That's it. That's it. Okay. Cool. I just know it as a as mammoth double IPA. So I I did read that earlier when I was down there picking up the the growlers that it did say mammoth Jack. So uh, anyway, tell us about your experience. I thought you Jeff. said I. I thought you said Jap for a yeah. second. I thought, wow, no, just stopping the racism. Real in the white guy racism neckbeard guy. Okay, come on. I didn't. I didn't. It's not like I, Jeff was the one that I thought said it. No, I said. <laughs> okay. He did the Bellamy salute earlier. God, I didn't think I was doing anything. Apparently. Wow. Okay. Anyway. There's going to be a little editing so on this one. Editing. My wife fucking podcast gold. Right. Okay, my wife will go, see, I told you you were racist. <laughs> Without even knowing you're racist. Piece of and then, and that's, that's the funny thing is that we are programmed. Well, and it's true. Yeah, we are programmed. Yeah. A, a much like, um, I go back to my parents on this, is that they are baby boomers and they 
they've come from that era where they didn't really go through the hippie-ish period, yeah. but they have been programmed so well. And I myself found this with myself before I started going to other countries mm -hmm. and doing other things and meeting other people, thinking that the United States was everything. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's not. It is, yeah. There's yeah. billions of people yeah. out there living their own lives, doing their own thing. Yeah. Unfortunately, some people, like in the Gaza Strip, are being murdered by governments. But that's neither here nor there. But um, well, it is here. Um, but I found myself reprogrammed at that point because mm -hmm. thinking, "Wow, we really aren't all that in a bag of chips." No, we aren't the end all be all. We aren't the only free ones, quote unquote, out there. Yeah, there is other people. There's almost all cultures are free. Even China is, in many cases, more free than we are. Mm -hmm. Granted, you can't talk about religion, you can't talk about the government, but you can talk about anything else. You can do anything else. You can fit fourteen people on a scooter with no helmets and just drive down the fucking street and have a beer. <laughs> You can do whatever the I'm, fuck you want. Granted, I, there's murder vans. Yeah. Okay, okay, but it, again, it, we have we are run by corporations. So there you go. It, just but not also, not to play devil's advocate, but or America's what? advocate. <laughs> Boy, there we go. This is going to be a very controversial podcast. Um, yeah, I don't we recall racism and some of the horrible comments we've already said. Yeah, um, you know, like tanks. Rolling through any American city, trying yeah. To but up. The, the difference is, is they're running over other people in other nations. Yeah, but they don't matter. <laughs> Problem with America? I have one. Oops, <laughs> that slipped out. <laughs> yeah, that is my biggest problem: is that we can go to other places, yeah. install fucking WalMarts every fucking where. <laughs> Essentially, that's kind of what's happening. Look at Kuwait. Yeah. Before the Iraq War in the early nineties, yeah, there was no WalMarts. There was no. Uh, there was nothing American there. Yeah. They were their own nation. They were. They were actually fairly well off, doing their own thing with their own culture. Did you now, say Kuwait or Iraq? Kuwait. Oh, okay. All right. Okay. Not Iraq. No, Kuwait. Two totally different countries. But yeah. Yeah. Yes. But Kuwait. they were actually, remember... Kuwait? Do you, I don't know if you remember the early 90s, but mm -hmm. Iraq invaded Kuwait. And yeah. George Bush Sr. went there and went, you got to stop there. But Kuwait's, um, Kuwait, is, Kuwait is so far away from Portland. It is. It is. <laughs> yes, that's true. It's a good segue. Sorry, you're uh, right. It's a better segue. I'm going into serious territory. I really should. Uh, yeah. Political views are probably... It's a buzzkill. It's a buzzkill. Buzzkill talk. I got kind of a buzzkill. Ted talks. Ted talks. No, Ted talks are about technology, right? Technology. It's just technology for Ted's. So, go ahead. I have a theory about Ted talks. It's always about taking something... And just flipping it around completely the opposite, and then trying to present the most logical argument for it. Best and TED so talk I ever like, saw. Yeah. Best TED talk I ever saw was yeah. Max Brooks. Max Brooks. He wrote a little book called World War Z. Mm. Oh yeah. And he does it in an entire presentation on how to survive the zombie plague. <laughs> awesome. It's coincidentally that's Mel Brooks' son, isn't it? Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Oh, interesting. Yeah. interesting. That book was not to be taken seriously, apparently, from what I heard. No, it, it was. It was incredibly good. Yeah. Okay. And trust me, 
I cried like five fucking times because of this fucking book. Yeah. And it is that fucking good. Seriously, I'm tearing up right now because of this fucking book because I'm remembering some of the shit that happened in it. Yeah. Fucking amazing. But. Watch the movie. It's really good. Nothing to do with the No book. zombies in Portland, though. Yeah. Oh, no, you're right. <laughs> oh yes, there is. Okay, well. okay, maybe some on riding on bikes, but other than that. Well, the Portland trip for me was a hell of a lot of fun. Yeah. It didn't end well very... It didn't end very well for me, yeah, uh, physically. But uh, from beginning to end, it was. Like, I don't think it physically. So what? Ended well, physically, it didn't end for anybody. I'm just know? curious where you you kind of disappeared at the. Uh, well, at- what happened was I was having issues with I have issues with kidney stones. Actually, uh, for the most part, I have delivered most of the kidney stones, so I don't, it's no longer an issue. But at that point in time, yeah. You don't have to stop. Yeah. Uh, at that point in time, uh, I had a problem with kidney stones. The one in the left, in particular, was six millimeters, and it decided to uh, take itself out. The left stone or the left, left kidney? The left stone. <laughs> Kidneys, right? I would not be drinking if I didn't have a left kidney right now, but if I had any kidney issues. But uh, the left stone decided to pick that point in time, that particular trip, to evacuate itself. Oh, man. And on yeah. top of it, uh, there were some issues with something that I ate down there. So um, by the time we got to the stripper bar, I was feeling sick in a couple of different ways. So yeah. I had to, I could not go use the restroom in the stripper bar anymore. That was the worst bathroom I've ever seen in a stripper bar. <laughs> I love strip. I love, I love strip bars. I love strip what, clubs. But. What, what struck me about the bathroom there was that it was completely wide open. It was like you're basically oh, yeah. on display for everybody you if you were. went in to use it. I, uh, it's like, yeah. is there no... The do they not believe in doors? Giving head in yeah. the bar. Oh, That's what they were trying God, to do. yeah. Okay, yeah. so from, beyond that fact, I mean, you well, probably didn't want to be in there. Hey, a little bit for column A, a little bit for column B. We're good. Our and girls yeah. keep running into the doors. When we put doors up, they keep banging their heads on us. So <laughs> They're not the brightest. Yeah. You know? uh, really? You think so? You don't, you don't think so? Strippers are the smartest people in the West. I, 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 I don't. You, I let's just say. And, let's and, just and, say and, I don't think the cure I for cancer. A comment about a, a group I, of women, right? I don't now. think the cure for cancer is coming from Sassy's in Portland. That's yeah, all yeah. I'm going to say. Now the girls from Sassy's were. Nor is it coming from Bellingham Herald. Yeah, that's true. I never said that. I never said that. So all I'm saying. Nor is it coming from the casino. The cure for cancer when a hooker comes up with it. Okay. <laughs> Okay, Jeff. If well, if the if a hooker ever comes up with the cure for cancer, be I won't be. You don't know. Okay. Anyway, know. so well, someone asked me uh, as I was leaving. They, they <laughs> never asked, underestimate people's pasts. Okay. That's all I'm saying. I don't. I don't know who it was, but somebody asked. Well, is this not your thing? Are you uncomfortable with this? I'm looking like, what the fuck do I look like? I'm like <laughs> you're sweating. Do I look fucking like bullets because you're in pain. pain. Yeah, I'm in pain. Yeah. Like, no, I would be right here until every one of you passes out, and I'd be the last one sitting here throwing dollars at the, at the fucking strippers. <laughs> No, absolutely not. I did not. It was. I did not want to lose. Yeah. Did not want to leave. Period. Mike has been giving me shit for that ever since. You did not want to lose. I think that's. Lose. I think that's it's a key that's, right it's, there. It's, you know, that is a Freudian, a bit of a Freudian <laughs> slip right there. You're like, I will conquer this fucking stone. You weren't even paying attention to the tits on stage. You were just well, like, I will conquer stone. I was. I was lost by the time we got to Natasha Liguero. I was in tremendous pain. And oh, I, was I remember Mike saying that in yeah. and out of the bathroom, and it was difficult for me to 
to engage in in Natasha Liguero's act, and I yeah. love comedians, and I love her. I think she's funnier than shit. Oh, she's and great. The the troupe that she kind of hangs out with, you know, Joe Rogan and Duncan Trussell and all those guys. I love them. They're funnier than hell. Yeah. Uh, Joey Diaz especially is my absolute favorite because he's pretty pretty damn blunt very yeah. much an East Coast guy and uh, so it was difficult for me I was pissed because I could not get into her jokes I couldn't get into her routine because yeah. I was in constant pain but with any, hopefully I didn't ruin the trip for anyone else because uh, you guys were having a great time and I was having it was trying to have a good time at the same at the same time but you didn't. I I didn't actually notice you were gone. I thought you were off with Mike at the no. at the club. So I was like, I I didn't really think about it until after we got out on the street. And I'm like, wait a minute. There's like somebody missing here, isn't there? And oh, I was geez. fucked up. I didn't even know. Yeah, Jeff got lost. Jeff got lost got and lost came out later. <laughs> was, uh, the only uh, negative point for me was kept, well, other than the constant pain, but the Cascade Barrel House did suck for me as well. Yeah. I, I did not like that. I did not enjoy them at all. I'll be going on record as saying I didn't like their beer. I thought they were too trendy. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, See, I didn't. For me, it wasn't man. even the place. It was. Yeah. It was the way. First of all, the way we were treated. Yeah. It was like this nonchalant woman yeah. comes up to us. Yeah, she was pretty. So fucking oh, God, hot. She was treat hot. us like fucking human beings. Please. <laughs> Sorry, she um, was hot. That's all I can say. This is she such was, a male discussion. Oh, yeah, we got treated care. like shit, but wow, she was she hot. Was hot. I mean, <laughs> no, because, but, but I think here's here's my point. Yes, of course, I noticed she was a beautiful girl. Yeah, but she. I come from an industry, unlike both of you, where I have to deal with the public on a daily fucking basis. Correct. Yeah. So I know guest service. Yeah. Okay. No. And I know bad guest service. And I, she was fucking horrible. The funny that whole place was fucking horrible. The yeah. funny thing was but, she started out she started out doing really well. Her customer service skills were well at first, at least for half of the group. Yeah. I don't know who pissed yeah. her off or when it happened. If it me. was even our table. <laughs> oh, me. that's right. It was the that red it was the red rye IPA or some shit. Oh, you remember what it was. We were trying to remember what it was, it was last time. Red Rye IPA, I think it. Uh, yeah, they uh, served it to me in this tiny fucking glass. Yeah, I took a sip of it. It was the most un IPA of all yeah. IPAs. Yeah. All it was was a bitter, sour yeah. piece gross. of shit. Yeah. And I was like, "Does this taste good?" I yeah, handed it to right. like three yeah. or four yeah. people, yeah. Yeah. and then I gave it back to her and said, "I need yeah. to return this yeah. because I don't really want that." I'm gonna charge you anyway. Yeah, I think her attitude. Um, sour and uh, yeah, no, it was me. Yeah. It was it was okay. fucking me. And right at that point, I'm like, I want to leave. Let's get yeah. the fuck out of here. Yeah. I agree. These assholes so, yeah, don't that's... know how to treat their guests, yeah. first of all. Yeah. They don't know. They may know beer. I don't know. I haven't had all their beer. Eh. I've heard some pretty good reviews about their beer. Yeah. And I've had some sours lately that are actually really good. So there's probably beer there that's good. Uh-huh. I don't know. But I don't want to go back there because of the way we were treated. And I think that what, yeah. that's what it comes down to. Yeah. At first, she she impressed me right off the bat. You know, I was sitting in a high, what felt like a high chair compared to everyone else. My chair was about four. <laughs> that would be her ass. Yeah. Well, you know, she she walks up. She goes, you know, I really do. I have chairs that are a little more suited for the table. You know, if you'd like, I can get one. Oh yeah. yeah yes, please. That'd be great. She brings them over and she's real smiling. She called me dear. Yeah, it's the first time someone younger than me, markedly younger yeah. than me, she called, called everybody dear and honey. She she's one of those people. She, okay. and that, see, that's one thing that drives me 
fucking nuts. Yeah, but that fuck like, sucked me in. So, oh, a hot girl called See, me. See, no, oh, come no, here. I don't, I, don't care. Care. I don't give a fuck. You're getting fuck you. Here's ten dollars, bitch. Fuck I don't you. Care. I Great fucking story. hate that shit. You either learn somebody's fucking name or you call them sir or ma'am. No. God damn it. Nope. She won me over at that point. Fuck her in her stupid face. Okay. Oh well. No, I, I fucking I hate it. It's like guys that. who call people buddy and pal, and women who call people sweetie and darling. <laughs> Fuck you people. Unless they're from the South. Yeah. That's that's typical. Then they're just so, stupid. That's uh that's Ben Beer plus three. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty much. We need to wrap this up. But uh I, don't get me wrong, that, fucking, that just drives me nuts. I work so fucking hard to remember people's names and I'm yeah. terrible at it. I yeah. can't remember your guys' names. So and I know you really well. You can't even remember what his you're name? named Eddie in what's, heaven. What's my last name? I mean, I'm not even gonna bother. Mitcher? All you have yeah. to do is go on Facebook. Jeff, he takes half a second. Jeff, you can't remember Jeff's name. Yeah, I don't <laughs> it's Kevin, not Jeff. <laughs> Duh. I don't oh, even know good. my fucking name. No. no, if you can't remember somebody's fucking name at a fucking table, I understand you deal with a lot of people. And don't get me wrong, I yeah. understand that. Place but don't packed. belittle that person by trying to suck up to them by calling them some pet fucking name oh, yeah. and yeah. using yeah. them just because you're fucking hot or whatever the fuck you think you. You are and going, hey, sweetie. <laughs> no, no one's that fucking sexy, you cunt. <laughs> she was Portland hipster hot. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I thought she was actually really sweet, but yeah. uh, she definitely, once she treated you like, when she, re- when she refused to take the beer back or take the charge off, that was she weird. Lose me. That was retarded. That was just weird. Yeah, because is, is she the one making the beer? Sorry, I had to charge you for Does that. Does she own the goddamn place? You know, you don't like a product, you're allowed to take it back. You're yeah. Going, yeah. You don't like it, fuck it. You know, you, yeah. you eat that. Yeah. I've had experiences like that. All right, folks. So. Uh, this was Beer Plus Three with our extremely special and extremely welcome guest, well, thank you Jeff so Miller. Yep. We love you, and you've got to come back. You have to be on it. Whenever somebody else is on it, it's either. I, I think, think you and Caleb need to be sitting I think the fuck we should down just, and oh, do some fucking podcasting. I think we should kick. That's all I'm saying. Because well, you come from the other end of the spectrum, and then like Caleb is, well, no, no, is that end of the spectrum. It's a beautiful thing. I really oh, Thank oh, you very oh. much for having yeah. me. I, I really enjoyed it. I would love to meet Caleb. I love uh, the podcast that he's done so far. Yeah. I love to get his perspective. I think he's a very interesting character. Not character person. I think that he has some interesting views. So yeah. I've been every time he comes. Well, I on, did write oh, him very well. Well, it's funny. <laughs> you're, it's you're similar to Caleb in that you've been referenced many times in the podcast. Absolutely, yeah. the yeah. way he was prior to him being in it. So I've always I felt like Caleb and 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 Jeff Miller were sort of like unofficially should be on so at some point at least to oh, say yeah. So, yeah. So I, I think I think uh, Lucas does too I think Mike Lucas oh yeah absolutely. he was, uh, he was he, Mike he, Lucas. he needs to get up yeah. on this so. yep. but Mike anyway Lucas. I'm going to wrap this up right now because we got 12 minutes of uh, bullshit to go through <laughs> so uh, we're going to go ahead and wrap this up if uh, the guys laugh and want to say their goodbyes goodbye everybody I'll miss you so much until next week <laughs> Well, goodbye, me, and thank you, everybody, for having me on here. Uh, I hope I do Mike, Michael Zamora. I hope you do you proud. Uh, no one can take your place, obviously, but... Uh, Anybody who does Mike makes him proud. <laughs> <laughs>
I'm true. It's all going to reach you. around. It's all okay, going okay, to reach around. Okay, okay, okay. It's not happening, Mike. Anyway, <laughs> we love you. Thank you, guys. And, uh, this has been Pure Plus 3. and Pure, <laughs> Pure. I, Pure Plus 3. Apparently, we're a, a tchotchke store. But... Uh, <laughs> But wait, that's not all. Here's Mike with some thoughts about Django Unchained. And that was Beer Plus 3, or was it? I wasn't there, I don't know if it really counts. Well, here I am sitting all alone recording just for you to listen to. But I don't necessarily know that we can call it Bear Plus 3, even though it is me, myself, and I. This is more like Soju and 2. So it's me and Ann Ramsey sitting here going to uh, ramble on, as it were, for just a moment or two. I suppose uh, you enjoyed listening to... uh, Special guest Jeff Miller on that episode. I believe we're at episode 12 now. Uh, funny thing is, Jeff Miller, that's that's my brother. A lot of people maybe don't realize that. In fact, if you asked my mother, she might not even realize that. Uh, but uh, yeah, Jeff and I have been very close friends since the age of two, uh, when our mothers met, actually, uh, in the hospital while they were giving birth to our younger siblings. And, uh, you know... it was probably between the ages of two and 16 probably i'm pretty sure i seen jeff on a daily basis if i wasn't at his house he was at mine and uh, that's just how we go and here i am introducing jeff miller but uh, you know i've come to think of uh, rick and uh, jeff swats as uh, you know just as close a friend as mine as uh, mr miller and that's why i uh, introduced him first so I'm not sure what they talked about. Hopefully they uh, talked about Django a bit. Uh, I'm hoping to go a little more in-depth in it uh, when I get back on the episode. I'm sure it's going to turn into a big argument because I know uh, Swats is a uh, big fan of the Django, whereas me, mm, not so much. you, You know, I see it as a very problematic film. Mostly what's missing from this film is uh, Sally Menke. Sally had been uh, Tarantino's editor for a very long time. And uh, uh, if any of you have seen this film, you probably noticed that it needed quite a bit of editing that it didn't have. So I'm going to sum it up to, uh, you know, I, uh, you know, I got to admit that I watched it uh, last night and I watched about an hour of it, an hour and 20, and I really, really enjoyed it. It was good. Uh, you know, the movie really doesn't die off until the end. Uh, you know, because it really could have been about an hour and 20 minutes. They could have just ended it. But uh, the biggest problem with this film is editing. Um, last night, I watched a scene that went on for three or four minutes where some Klansmen were arguing about the holes in their hoods. Now, you know, this is kind of Tarantino-esque with the dialogue and stopping and, and bringing in this almost almost real life moment you know i i don't exactly know how real life it is i don't know if anybody ever stopped to complain about the holes in their hood but 
what I'm saying here in this film, as opposed to Quentin Tarantino's other films, is these minutes that were devoted to this scene, the scene added absolutely nothing to the movie at all. I mean, here I think he was trying to set up to the fact that, you know, they couldn't see out of their hoods, and that's maybe why they were hoodwinked. Certainly it wasn't to make us feel bad about them when they blew up shortly after this scene, you know. Any editor would have taken this scene and just cut it out. There's absolutely no reason for it. It's not building any compassion for the characters that get blown up. It's barely adding any humor. And it's really just chuffa. It's an excuse for Quentin Tarantino to jack off all over the screen and do what he does. Um, which is fine. You know, what he does is actually pretty fabulous. But... I think, you know, you got to shoot a movie and you got to go back and edit it and get rid of the bullshit. And I think this is a bullshit scene. And I think this is a movie that is full of a lot of bullshit little scenes. I'm sure when I get back on and I get to talk to the fellas, I, I think uh, we're going to spend some time going into this. Because I know uh, Swats is a ardent fan of this film and he's going to want to argue with me. I think his biggest problem with... This film is not necessarily even the film. I think his biggest problem with the film is me. He likes to argue with me on this film just based on the fact that he knows I'm a huge fan and, you know, he just, you know, we go at it head to head on this one. So let's, I can't wait to get back and see how he can say that this movie is any good. It's not. It's it's a steaming pile of crap. No, it's a steaming pile of cum, you know. Um Quentin must have gone against, uh, gone with one of my favorite lines in life, and is if you finish, remember you win. And obviously, he finished. He finishes all over the audience's face. He takes you on a two and a half hour ride, and takes you absolutely nowhere except for having his ejaculate all over his face, all over our face. So. That's my quick and dirty on the movie. I'm sure we're going to get into it in a little more in depth. Uh, I hope you enjoyed the episode uh, with the fellas. Me, I didn't get to be there. I've been uh, getting ready tonight. We're on a Thursday night, and I'm, I'm drinking fairly heavy, which is pretty unusual for a weeknight. Generally, I like to stay away from drinking on the weeknights. Uh, you know, whenever Jeff asks me about drinking, I tell him, Jeff, the only time I ever drink is with you. And that's almost true. Occasionally, I'll have a drink here or there. Like tonight, I'm getting ready, we're uh, we're going to go on a vacation, so we've been packing all night, and I thought, well, geez, I didn't think, obviously, my wife thought, she said, Mike, you better have a drink, so I wasn't going to argue with her, and uh, as a person who likes to watch his weight, I thought, not going to have the beer, I'll just go for some soju, you know, I can drink quite a bit less and get three times as messed up. Have you ever had soju before? I hadn't had soju until very recently. Uh, my wife and I were in Seattle and accidentally ended up at a Korean barbecue. We were down there to, to see the Neutral Milk Hotel concert this summer and uh, we were real hungry before the show. You know, it's a little bit of a drive to get down there and it was time for dinner. So, you know, we're we're uh, in Seattle uh, U District on the Ave, and it's like, oh, what to eat, what to eat. Like, every place looks pretty dirty, pretty skanky. And we walked a little bit, and I go, well, what about that barbecue place about half a block back? Let's go try that. That looks interesting. Now, this, you know, 
what I was, I, it said barbecue. I thought I was going to be walking into something akin to Ezel's chicken, you know. I thought, uh, you know, maybe they'll have some pork, some fried chicken, some mashed potatoes, some uh, macaroni and cheese. None of that. You walk in there. The first thing when you step in there, first thing you hear is this Korean uh, pop music. Just blaring. Just boom, 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 boom. And you look around, you go, wow, there's an awful lot of Korean place, people in here. So here here we were at Korean barbecue, and I didn't realize it. Um, I thought, well, what the heck, uh, we'll, we'll give it a shot. We're hungry anyway. So we sat down, and this meal was quite the surprise. I enjoyed it quite a bit, but I'll have to admit, the, the one thing I enjoyed the most is before the food comes, my wife and I are sitting there. We placed our order off the menu. Uh, you know, even though my wife is uh, native Korean, she was raised fairly uh, white uh, as she was adopted from white folks. So she doesn't have a lot of familiarity with uh, Korean food. So we just picked one of the combo specials off the menu and the waitress looked at us and it, in a kind of a weird way when we ordered it. But she was like, OK. So, uh, before our food comes, she walks over and she puts eight little shot glasses out in front of us. Not two, not four, but eight. And she pours out this, uh, she gets this little bottle out, unscrews the top, and then proceeds to fill these eight shot glasses. She goes back and forth, back and forth, the bottle, booze is spilling all over the place. Sure enough, she's able to, without spilling too much booze, get these eight shot glasses full and I go whoa what's that I mean it looks it looks very much like sake it's about the same consistency and it almost smells like it and we thought what the hell we'll take a drink and we took a drink and holy smokes this is like sake amped up to 20 you know it's like grab that knob and turn it up to 20 and if you ask me that's it that's an awesome way to start a meal um had a couple of those food comes chicken's pretty good what I really enjoyed was this Korean kimchi salad that was really, uh, you know, most kimchi is is going to be uh, the cabbage, but this was actually really based in a cu- cucumber, a fermented cucumber with the uh, kimchi on it. That, together with the chicken and the booze, was fabulous. What an awesome way to start the night. So if you ever get the chance to do Korean barbecue, I suggest you go ahead and do it. I'm going to look over my cheat seat here and see if there's any more notes. Anything more I want to hit on? Going camping, packing for camping. Uh, what a week, man, I tell you. Here's here's the biggest deal, and I don't know if Miller's going to touch on it in the podcast or at, at all. But him and I have been going back and forth. In fact, I'm pretty sure the reason I had such a crummy day today was because I, I talked to Miller. And, and I don't mean that in a bad way towards Miller, but I think... I threw something at him that was kind of negative, and I think he just kind of fed off that negative energy and threw it right back at me, and we were just very negative all day. Buying a car, I, I mean, I don't know how many of you folks out there have bought a car recently, but, uh, you know, it's quite the ordeal, you know. It's not, I wish you could just go to Amazon, scroll through, and, I, you know, get the best price possible be done with it but you know that's not how buying a car goes i'm pretty sure buying a car is harder than buying a house at this point it you know i don't have a lot positive to say for salesmen i've got a small handful al my father-in-law just a couple salespeople that i've ever met that i actually enjoy beyond that you know uh uh 
Rye. Rye's another one. But much further beyond that, I don't got much time for salesmen, and I don't even enjoy speaking to them. And, and here I am this week looking at cars. Um, so it's been quite the tough week, but uh, I got to tell you, when you go to buy a car, the hardest thing is uh, negotiating the buying the car with the wife. Dealing with the salesperson's one di- one thing. There's a challenge there, but I tell you, talking it over with your partner, uh, you know, wife, husband, whatever it might be, <sighs> gets to be nightmarish. Uh, I'm pretty sure once I get back with the fellas and I've got somebody to bounce ideas off of, I'm sure we'll get some somewhere with this topic. Right now, it's just me and Anne rambling on and on and on. In fact, I'm going to cut the mics here and uh, say that I miss you all. I wish I was there recording the podcast, but here I am being tacked on to the end. So, uh, that's me. Beer Plus 3 featured Jeff Squatman, Rick Anderson, and our very special guest, Jeff Miller. Please subscribe so you won't miss out on future alcohol-fueled antics. You can find Beer Plus 3 on iTunes, SoundCloud.com, Stitcher, and anywhere else finer podcasts are sold. Also connect with us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, or email us at beerplus3 at gmail.com. Good night.